This week's episode of I Was a Teenage Film Snob is not brought to you by the Y2K virus. I was a teenage film snob. I'm James Chalmers, your friendly neighbourhood film snob, recording live from Film Snob HQ, the new location, which you've all been seeing on Instagram. And if you haven't been following me on Instagram, how dare you get on there and check out the, the new headquarters. They're fantastic. Um, if you have been following along the episodes this year, you'll have noticed we've been meandering a little bit. There's been a couple of solo shows, which is a bit unlike this podcast. Um, and we haven't done too much actual movie talk, really. Um, so that's all changing. We're changing it right now. Um, we're going to kick off the brand new topic of the year. We haven't even done a topic for a while. We've kind of been doing just some freestyle work, but we're getting back on track. We are launching uh, our new series, as it were. Um, so we're leaving the 20th century behind us, and we're heading into the generation launched by the Backstreet Boys, the new millennium, the 2000s. And to kick off this new series, we have fan favorites, I would say, uh, uh, podcast regulars and people who always bring a lot of fun to the show. Please welcome back Gabby and Andre. Welcome back, guys. Hello. Hiya. I had to get a Backstreet Boys reference in there because I don't know about you, but I definitely owned that album, Millennium. Um, Everybody. That's the wrong album. That's Backstreet's back. But anyway. Well, I don't care. <laughs> I, I'm not part of the law. I just enjoy their tunes, okay? Gab, Gab Street's back. Um, that's right. That could be an early contender for the episode title. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>, Streets. <laughs> it was either going to be Millennium after Backstreet Boys or Willennium after Will Smith because they both had Millennium-themed albums. But anyway, this isn't a music podcast. God damn it, it's movies. How are you both? Yeah, yeah, good. Good, really good. Thank you. I ask you that as if I don't know what's been going on. We've been talking for 45 minutes before this show <laughs> recorded. <laughs> Andre's like, is he really going to make me go through it all again? Uh, not at all. Yeah, how's yeah. your How's your new year been? We haven't really caught up since, uh, at least on the show, since uh, 2023. How did your year of movies round out? Yeah, good. Actually, listening to your um, episode with Nick, I had seen most of the ones that you guys talked about and then seen some others that you didn't. And then you guys were reminding me of movies that, I'd seen that I'd forgotten were actually last year because um, mm. I'm on holidays at the moment. Like time is just a construct. It's not real. Um, <laughs> and all my all my days are like moving into one day. So, you know, we went to the movies only, I think it was like last week, and I still thought we were in the same year as Barbie and Oppenheimer. And technically we're in the same 12 months, but we're not in the same calendar year. So, um yeah, I think we, we went to the movies quite a bit last year. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah we did. Um, what did you going to say last week? Uh, we saw The Iron Claw. Oh, that's right, because Gabby posted up about how much it ruined her. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. It was like I knew the story. Like I'd read up a little bit on the story before we went to see it, and so I knew that, you know, it was quite the tragedy, but I didn't know how and, like, how bad it was going to be, and I also didn't know – when things would happen, like, in the timeline of the movie. Mm. Um, and then there was just some little tidbits here and there that obviously were not, like, factual or whatever that they've mm. obviously added for, you know, movie magic that were just really emotional. Yeah. Um, and so we were sitting 
not in the back row, but in the second from the back. And it was kind of funny because when we first got there, we got there right as the ad started uh, before the trailers. And this guy that was sitting behind like where Andre's chair was, he had his like shoes taken off and his feet were like poking through the armholes. And oh, had, like, I hate that. Talons for toenails. So initially I was disgusted and in a bad mood and we were going to move, but then we just didn't end up doing it. But then like a group of five sort of guys, I'm going to guess in their early 20s sat in front of us. Um, and so I was like, oh, either like I was just thinking in my head, like either this is going to be really embarrassing for me because inevitably I'll start crying or maybe it'll be good and like everyone will cry and it'll be like a group activity. Um, and by the end, like I could hear all of them like sniffling in front of me and I'm like, okay, thank God it's not just me. Um, mm. because yeah, I was sobbing like silently. I was like holding my breath, trying not to be loud about it. But then there was like a, a specific line at the end. Um, and I won't spoil it for you, but it's quite like really bittersweet in a way. And like, I'd already been crying for like 20 minutes and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was, um, I was really frustrated when I saw your post because last week I was going to go to the movies. I was going to see poor things. Um, yeah. and I didn't realize it was only like, it was a limited release. So it was only a crown or like two other kind of cine- oh, uh, really? city okay. based. Well, it's changed now. Thank goodness. But like last week I was like, Oh, I can't see poor things. Cause I told Tana, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to the movies tonight. So like, you're going to have time to yourself. I'm going to the movies. And then I was like pulling up the app to book my tickets. And I said, oh, never mind. It's only playing in the city. I'm not going to the city. Uh, there's nothing out this week for me. I completely forgot about Iron Claw until I saw your post. I was like, damn it. I've missed my chance to go to the movies this week. Because I think I've been to the movies almost every week this year. Um, I'm yeah. going, to see, going to see Poor Things tomorrow. And I might go yeah. see Iron Claw next week. But um, yeah, I went and saw, we went and saw Wonka on um, New Year's Day. And then a week later, I went and saw Anyone But You, which was really fun, actually. I was, I was surprised how much I enjoyed that. And um, and what else did I see this year in cinemas? There's nothing else I went and saw for sure. I can't remember what it was now. It was definitely a movie from this year. But yeah, I've been. Th- I think I've been three times. So um, looking forward to trying to get to the movies a bit more um, this year because yeah, last year was a, it was definitely an improvement. But I want to get more, go as often as possible. Even though I now have a theater in my home, I still want to get to the actual cinema as well. Yeah, maybe. Um... I was going to say, like, obviously having a small child makes that a bit tricky because you don't, you can't just leave the house whenever you want to and, you know, you're not only just responsible for yourself. So it would make it tricky. Um, Well, it's not too bad because Tina and I have talked about it and she likes at least one night a week to herself so she can just kind of catch up on her own stuff. And if I go out on a Friday or Saturday night, if I catch an 8.30 session or even a 9.30 session, like there's no one in the theatre. So, like, Zoe's in bed. Tina's happy doing her own thing. I can just drive down to the local theatre and uh, and everyone's happy. So it's um, yeah, it's been good. I, I wish I could remember what the other thing was I saw. I'll have to look it up now. I've seen like 20 – I've seen almost 30 movies this year already. So I am – Already? Well, That's more than me. Yeah. Well, I watched like six movies in three days um, in the first week of January because I was on uh, – I don't know if I can say it yet. I don't know if it's been announced, but I'm appearing on someone else's podcast – and I had to binge watch a bunch of horror films to catch up on what's been released. Um, yeah. Mm. Oh, Godzilla was the other thing I went and saw. Godzilla. Oh, yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Um, I remember hearing you talk about that one. Actually. Oh my god, such a good movie. Um, yeah, it makes you really wonder how why Americans can't make a good Godzilla film. Um, 
But yeah, they're fine. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to crap on a movie like they're fine. But this new one is incredible. It's the best one I've ever seen. Um, nice one. And sorry, you were going to say something about about the movies last year, Andre? Before I brutally interrupted you to ask about last week's movie. No, 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 no. no. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gabby and I haven't haven't really gone to see uh, like a lot of movies recently, like uh, like Iron Claw. But if when you go see the Iron Claw, it will put you on your ass. It is so sad. It's so mm. sad. I I did not end up crying. I got very close. Um, I'm not I'm not a big movie crier, but yeah, that that I love a movie cry. That that tore me. Um. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, uh, Gabby showed me a movie, like a movie, a couple of days before as well. Gone Girl. That movie. Oh, so good. Hey, Andre hadn't seen it. We were just talking about. Um, oh, I was talking to Andre about Saltburn, and because there's so many memes and references and everything, mm. and I was like, "Oh, are you gonna watch it? Because like, I'll just talk to you about it if you're not gonna watch it." And I'm like, "It's kind of like, like twists and turns, kind of like Gone Girl," and he's like. Okay, like I've not seen it, and I was like, okay, well, that's what we're watching tonight. Oh, it's um, so good. Andre thought it was a good movie, but he didn't love it. I had such, I had such an issue with that movie, man. <laughs> it's um, it's interesting because Gone Girl was shot around the time that, or like, it was shot when Ben Affleck got um cast as Batman. So throughout the shooting yeah. of Gone Girl, he's starting to work out. So depending on where you are in the movie, he looks way bigger. So that scene where he throws her against the wall towards the end, he's got yep. his Batfleck muscles on. <laughs> like he's just so much more built in that part of the movie than any other part of the film. He's um, huge. He's massive. Hmm. Uh, but uh, no, I quite like Gone Girl. I don't know if it's my favorite Fincher film, but it's it, it's definitely a, an enjoyable experience. Um the only uh, like you know the movie itself was good. There's no denying that. I just I just had a problem with the like with the ending that there was no I I didn't get my sufficient conclusion, and that's what pissed me off so much because uh, they're both, okay. because they're both they're both bad people, mm-hmm. um, and none of them really really got got their it like, in in my opinion significant comeuppance. You know, yep. I mean, she should straight up be dead, and he should straight up be in jail. Yeah, but, but, but now they're just that that didn't happen, and and it did not sit well with me. My uh, one of my hands, my I just remember this now. One of my favorite moments in that movie, and when I saw it in theaters, I'm like, I'm like Affleck def- definitely ad libbed this because he's a big ad libber. Um, because he started in comedy. Um, is when he's at the police station and he goes, "What is this, Law and Order?" Boom, 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 boom. He does the thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Um, that movie turns 10 this year. That's insane. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh, it, it's weird that I hadn't seen it before. Like, mm. I, I had, yeah, yeah, I had heard of it. Um, but, yeah, I, I had just hadn't seen it. Just one of those... It's one of those classic movies that just wasn't on my list, but I I do I do actually have a movie list now. Um, I'll see like I'll see little snippets of movies like on TikTok or YouTube or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, that seems pretty interesting, and then like, and I'll try and watch that. There's one I've been trying to look for for a while, but I can't find it on any streaming services. I think what it's is it? Leon, uh, Leon the Professional. Or oh, the I professional. own it on blue. I own it on Blu-ray. Like, just borrow it from me. Like, it's so good. Is, yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank it's, you. It's, because... it's great. Yeah. It's, it's Luc Besson. So he he made that while he was like it wasn't even like a planned film. Like Luc Besson had been doing some stuff in France, 
and he was waiting to get approval on The Fifth Element. But because it was such a big, epic film, it was taking a while. So he was like, well, while I'm waiting for this, I'll just, I'll just write this quick little film about an assassin and a child. And it's amazing. Like it yeah. was just like it was just like it was filler work for him while he waited for Fifth Element to get started, um, and I actually think it's better than Fifth Element uh, to be honest, which is probably a, a bold call. Um, it's, uh, it, 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 I spent an entire term working on the Fifth Element last year, so uh, I will be the judge of that. No, I haven't seen it. You can watch it until you get the movie from James. It wanted so to watch it. But it's so but, funny. But, like as soon as you said, I can't find it on streaming. I'm like, I bet you I have it. I just feel like I'm probably going to have it. Um, and uh, I was right, so that was good. But yes, if I could borrow that, I would like. Uh, yeah, I would love it. Oh, I'll do one better. Come over and watch it in the theater with me. You can just we can watch it on the professional. Yes. Theater. We'll have to snuggle up on the couch, but you know if you can handle <laughs> that. I am. I am all for the snuggle. That's the price of admission. I just need to feel it. <laughs> no price or reward. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, yeah, thank you. Uh, no, you can definitely – well, you, you can come and watch it here or you can definitely borrow it, of course. Um, it's sick. It's a really good flick. Um, oh, I love that. I've got a couple of friends um, who over the last few years like, just began – and before the podcast, during lockdown, I had some friends who were like, you seem to like movies a lot. And I was like, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> and they're like, can you recommend something for me to watch? And I was like, well, what do you like? Because I can recommend one thing for you. If you give me a couple of like clues, I can write you a document and give you like a couple of things. And I think it's happened with three different people now. And every list I've given has been over 100 movies. I'm like this, you know, let me know what your limits are, what you can and can't handle. If you like horror, how extreme does it go? Um and uh, I'll get it sorted out for you. So I've written three separate lists for people now. Um, and often I just pull from my own collection because my collection is quite vast. And I think I've got – I must have close to 900 Blu-rays at this stage. It's pretty, wow. it's pretty crazy. Um, maybe not quite 900. Maybe I'm over overextending there. But um, I just watched so much. Like last year I didn't even plan to. Last year I watched 376 films. I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> it wasn't like I didn't are you have a sure goal. james are you sure i didn't, didn't have a goal i wasn't like i'm gonna try and get three i like my goal my only goal is like 100 new films 100 rewatches that way mm-hmm. i can stay like i can say current um and last year somehow it's like i think by october i was ahead of the year and then like i was just like well i'm just gonna keep watching movies and i'm sure the year will catch up with me but it never did oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so strange um we should talk about the topic at hand. Although I've just been enjoying like talking about what you've been watching. Um, I'm so glad. Oh, yeah, you you got to watch Leon. Um, now I want to know all the films he hasn't seen, Gabby. Like you have to tell me all the movies he, that Andre hasn't seen, so he, we can catch you up because there's some great stuff out there. There's um, a lot, but I'm sure that like you know, he, there's movies that he's seen that he loves that I haven't seen. So, oh, and me too, hundred percent. I was talking to someone the other day, like they were asking me. We we're talking about TV shows actually, which to be fair is not my forte. But I haven't seen like Band of Brothers, which was a huge show. It came out in 2001, so I was 13. But like I've worked in video stores and like DVD stores, so you think I would have got around to it, but I just never have. And like I can't believe it. I'm like, that's, you know, like first of all, I'm a movie guy, but second of all, like. But there's so many shows. Like I feel like there's so much, especially now, there's so much new media coming out, new shows, and especially with like streaming services, Mm. the, the drip feed of like one a week or. They do the opposite and they give you everything at once. Like I'm I'm too I have choice paralysis at the best of times, but 
I'm like consumed by it where I just never end up picking something or I go back to something that I've already watched so that I know that I'm not anxious while I'm watching it. It's comfortable to watch because, or I just pick something. If I'm going to pick something, I pick something that's older that I know that other people have seen and they have liked it so that there's a better chance that I'll like it. Like I'm not going to start a show that's just come out that's just got hype because, you know, it's new. Um, I'll pick something like The Sopranos or, or Breaking mm. Bad or something and be like, well, I, this obviously got a lot of traction for a reason. I'll watch this instead. Well, last year I officially fell behind on Marvel and I've never been behind on Marvel, but like we started Secret Invasion. We got three episodes in and Tina was like, yeah, I'm not digging this. I was like, all right, well, I'll get back to it. And it took me six months to get back to it. Um, I still haven't finished What If. I'm three episodes into What If. I haven't started Echo. Like I'm behind on Marvel for the first time ever. Um because often it's just easier for me to watch a movie than to try and watch an entire show. It took me until December to watch Last of Us. It was worth the wait. It was great. But, like, it did take me a whole year to get to Last of Us. So just, you know, um, yeah, TV's not my fault. I tend to watch movies. But yeah, I've been, I haven't seen The Last of Us. Even, even though I've played both games and I love both games, um, yeah, I, I never got around to watching the actual show. It's great. It's really good. Like, um if you feel like you've always played the game, so you'll know the different touchstones and you'll get the references. Um, yeah. like, and like you, you, you won't really be surprised. They didn't really stray too far from the source material other than you may have, you probably heard that episode three um, is the one that makes everyone cry. And it's based on a single reference in the game. So you find a letter in the game from, I think it's Bill, if I remember correctly, they made a whole episode about Bill and his relationship, like with Joel and, and how he got to know them and stuff like that. Okay, um, okay. And Nick Offman plays Bill, and it's, he's just like, he's incredible. Um, I think he won an award. He, I think he, he won. Yeah, I was going to say he won an award for that recently. Yeah, and it was one episode. Like, he's just in, like, it wasn't even like a re- recurring role. He was in one episode, and it's, it's fantastic. So, um, Last of Us is definitely worth watching. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's jump into the 2000s. So, Gabby, you're a little bit younger than me, as are you, Andre, but is that, would you say the 2000s are really your formative years where you start to really get into movies and stuff like that? One hundred percent. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I turned five in two thousand. Um, oh my god, I was twelve. <laughs> yeah, and then by the end of it, like I was in starting high school, so mm. you know, I had all the kid movies, the animated movies between you know two thousand and sort of two thousand and six or seven. And then it started, you know, 2008, 2009 is when I first started high school. So that's when you start watching those, like, you know, teen comedy movies mm. or, like, movies that are based on um, high school kids or, mm. you know, the ones that have a little bit extra swearing, the really quotable ones. And I think that, um, you know, because Andre is one year older than me, but we are in the same year level at high school. So we were in that really sweet spot of, like, those teen comedies that were coming out while we were in high school that, you know, everyone was quoting all the time. They became part of, like, your vernacular. Mm. You know, they were just the, instead of making, like, actual jokes at school, people would just start quoting things at each other all the time. Um, and going back through that era of 2000 to 2009, like, just looking for, you know, what movies were going to make up my list, I was shocked at how many really like became part of conversations every day at school um the landscape i think was so different in the two that like it changed so much from 2000 to 2009 
Like mm. the decade, if you look at superhero movies, the decade opens with X Men and Spider Man and closes with like Iron Man and, yeah. the, and the Dark Knight. Like, mm. and like, and the scale is so different. Yeah. And like comedy, like I've talked about this a lot, like comedy in the comedy early was 2000s, peaking. Well, you had like at the late 90s, early 2000s, you had kind of peak Adam Sandler. But if you go yeah. raunchy comedies, like it's a really weird landscape. You start with American Pie, you start with Road Trip, um, not another teen movie, and then you end with the Apatow version of comedy, which in essence is the same thing. But instead of the women being the target and the butt of the joke and getting taken advantage of, it's the men, which I yeah. think was the right shift, to be honest. Like, um, yeah, it's yeah, moving with the times. I don't know if you've rewatched American Pie or Road Trip recently, but oh, they're tough. Some of the stuff they they got they got away with in early two thousands. I have no idea how they got away with it. Like it's pretty full on. Like the um the infamous scene in American Pie where they're you know they're spying on Nadia is a flat yeah. out, is a flat out sex crime. Yeah, like, yeah. And, I like I think about that as well. It's like because and it's done by our heroes. Like our heroes yeah. are doing it. I don't think at the time. Like I think you know. I was a high school girl, so it was a little bit different. But like high school boys, it was very much that boobs. Oh, oh. oh, that's. Oh, I mean, look, I was part of that crowd. I'm not going to lie. Like Shannon but, Elizabeth was cast for my generation. Like, yeah, and 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 like that's that's what it, that's what her her role was. Like it was meant to be like you know some eye candy, and so people weren't really like seeing her as a character. And then you're right, you go back to it, and you're like, that's a person. That is a person. So why are we doing that? And why did we think that was funny? Was it our age? Was it the the generation? Was it just what the media was telling us to find funny at the time? I mean, I think it's a good thing that if you look back at stuff like that and be like, okay, well, like I've moved on. I will say, like, to the franchise's credit, the second movie, like they really gave that character, like even though she's not in the movie as much, they kind mm. of gave gave her a bit more power back and they ended up embarrassing the guy instead so they did i think realize like oh maybe we like maybe we lent too hard on the whole revenge porn spy cam thing let's maybe like give her some power back in this film because that might have been a mistake um yeah. also american pie blink 182 have a cameo in it which is very strange but um they do yeah they're watching the live stream of her getting undressed um, whoa yeah <clears throat> Yeah, they're like it just like cuts to like all the different like people watching the live stream at one point. Yeah. Like a, a band playing and the band playing is Blink One Eight too. So oh. yeah. Who contributed heavily to that soundtrack? That soundtrack is very yes. much like late nineties yes. pop punk. Um which is the cornerstone of like t- a teen movie for sure. Um, yeah, if you think about teen movie in the early two thousands, you think about bands like Simple Plan, All American mm-hmm. Rejects, Blink One Eight Two, Sum Forty One. Yeah, Sum Forty One's a big one. Just to name a few, and you're like, "Oh, that's why I like that music because it's it was in it was like obviously all over the radio, all over the t- like you know um, TV hits and stuff, but also it was all in the movies that I was yep. watching." Mm. Um, but yeah, so you go like you start the decade with movies like that. I know American Pie is technically '99, but most of the franchises in the 2000s, like you start with American Pie, you start with Road Trip, but then you finish the decade with Forgetting Sarah Marshall and. Mm-hmm. And um and super bad, which mm. completely kind of or like you know forty year old version like kind of peaks right in the middle of the decade. That's where the shift begins. But then suddenly it's like 
the guys are schlubs and they're dumb and they really want to impress girls, but they can't do it to save themselves. And it, I think it works a lot better. Like, and especially Most when you bring, you bring in talent like Steve Carell or Jonah Hill or Michael Sarah or Jason Segel. Like, yeah, it's a, it was a good choice for comedy. Like comedy, I think was probably heading into a bit of a dangerous direction before that shift. And at, like, ironically, or funnily enough, the comedies are raunchier now, or like in that second half of the decade, they're more full on now, but they get away with it because they're making the, their male protagonists the idiots. Um, yeah. It's like an obvious, like, this guy's dumb. This yeah. guy's stupid. That's why he's in this position. Like, super, super bad is is so genius. Oh, it's fantastic. Do you have any good favorite? Do you know good foods are shaped like dicks? <laughs> dicks. <laughs> <laughs> the best kind. <laughs> <laughs> Bananas, popsicles. <laughs> That's so, um, so good. Yeah, um, yeah. It's those kind of movies that that, that they were right up there. Like, like I said, forty-year-old version, super bad. Um, the Hangover. Mm. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. That was that was just peak comedy. Uh, Step Brothers. Um, all yeah, yeah. All, all those movies that they were like that they were so original and like and very funny and. But um, I'm, like unfortunately, like well, just from my perspective, um, we can't really go back to the to those kinds of comedy movies, mm-hmm. um, um, unless you know, like, unless they come out with something like, with something fresh. But but that that was a product of its very limited time. Um, it's, in- it's it's interesting. I was talking to someone online a few weeks back. They were saying that like comedy has become bland and dying in the last kind of ten years. Um, and I kind of went back at them, and like not like obviously not aggressively. I was like, I was like, I don't know. Like I think like early two because they, they actually said the last fifteen years. I said, well, look, in the last ten years, we did have this is the end, um, which was really mm-hmm. funny, yeah. and we had you know that whole like kind of second wave of Apatow films. Uh, you know, you got Mike and Dave and Wedding Days, which is a really fun movie if you haven't seen that one. Um, I actually, I think that that movie is funny. That's with Zac, Ef- Zac Efron. Yeah, Zac Efron, and um, is it Dave Franco? No. It's um, he's in he's in um, Pitch Perfect. I forgot his name. Oh, Adam he, Devane. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was Efron and Franco. Um, we got, but you know, speaking of David Franco, like we got um, the Twenty One Jump Street movies and so those. We had lots of like really good comedies, but then what happened was COVID hit, and now studios yeah. don't want to don't want to waste money, like quote unquote waste money on comedies because the only thing putting people in seats is Mission Impossible or Spider Man. Um, but I thought, you know, last year we had No Hard Feelings, which I thought was a really fun comedy. I don't know if you've seen that one, the Jennifer Lawrence one. Um, but that was, that that was, you know, a lot of fun and anyone but you, I really enjoyed the one with Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell. So I think we're starting to get like the adult comedies coming back and hopefully we get more of them. Um, they weren't, I was going to say they weren't particularly explicit, but Jennifer Lawrence does get all of her clothes off in that film and chase people and punch them in like the, the genitals and stuff. So there's some extremities there. Um, no hard feelings. Definitely worth checking out. Um, we should talk about your movies. So you guys have got some top five lists. Is that right? Yes, we do. Excellent. Um, I have not spoken to Andre in a long time, so maybe we'll start with you, Andre. What? Are, let's go. We'll start, we'll go back and forth as always. So five, four, three, two, one, alternating. But um, Andre, what was uh, the first movie on your top five of two thousands list? Alrighty, well, like, well, speaking on speaking of um, movies like American Pie and Road Trip, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, look, this this list was really really difficult to mm-hmm. make. Um, to just just the sheer, yeah, like, yeah, the sheer size of 
uh, again, in demographic of great movies that, that, that came out from 2000, 2009. Again, in all, in all movies that, you know, I was old enough to not only remember again, and grow up with, but really get a grasp on most of the concepts that, that, were, that were going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, you've got, you know, you've got the Lord of the Rings trilogy. You've yeah. got Hearts of the Caribbean. You've got, you've got yeah. Star Wars. Like, you know, it's... There's a lot. <laughs> There's, There's a lot. lot. <laughs> like, and, um, it feels like movies, like they released twice as many movies in the 2000s than any other decade beforehand. Like it really opened up. Um, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. In like, but in that, um, like, just you know, upon uh, upon retrospect, I've like I've stayed I've stayed clear of of those like, those kinds of movies. Like in the, even though they even though they would all be. In in my top five, I'm sure they've been done to death. Um, mm. So so I've tried to I've tried to go from more of a list that that um, movies that I watched over and over and and over again. Um, um, you know, despite the category, mm-hmm. um, I like I, I will say as you know, I'm I'm all for anything animated. Any like yeah, um, I love I love. All Disney movies, Pixar, DreamWorks, um, they they would all be in my top five, but I try to spread that out as well. But yeah, yeah, my yeah, my top five movies are, are just the ones that that I remember fondly growing up and mm. that I was really into, like, and I could not stop watching. So the first nice. uh, the first one the first one for me is Eurotrip, and it came out in two thousand four. Oh, what a great flick! I love Eurotrip. Thank you. Okay. I was so I was so worried you were going to judge me. <laughs> I saw a, I saw Eurotrip while I was in Europe. Um, oh, great! Um, I'll let you talk about it, and then I'll like as the show goes, I will unknowingly at some point interrupt and talk about everything I like. So please tell okay. me why you love Eurotrip because I want to try and stop myself from doing that so soon. <laughs> well, yeah, like like we're talking about before like i guess your trip could kind of get thrown in like into the same category but the you know the, the team sex movies lot like road trip and, and american pie um and again it was definitely a product of, of its time but i watched it over and over um the, the, there's a lot of sex in the movie but but that's not what i that's not what i watched it for it, it, it was, it was sure. hey shush it was it was definitely the the adventure um does it have the best storyline going into it no um but I would say it, it's one of the strongest of that genre, though, from that time. Like, I think it's better it, than American Pie and and Road Trip. It's oh, I can one hundred percent like it, it's it's a cut above it's a cut above the rest, like in terms of that category of movie, like the the teen sex one. But 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 the the storyline itself is is quite basic. But but it's like I said, like it's the journey of it that mm-hmm. that makes the movie so much fun. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um. It, like in a way, in a way, it can't like it kind of gives off more like more, more hangover vibes than than it does American Pie and Road Trip, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree absolutely. Yeah, um, but yeah, so yeah, so we have we have a main we have a main character Scotty, um, like and his best friend Coop, and his best friend Cooper, like and and his supporting um uh, two friends um Jenny and Jamie who are brother and sister, um, so, so like so. So both uh, so the entire group um, has graduated high school, and and Scotty's girlfriend Fiona I can, has broken up has broken up with him. Um, so Scotty then vents to his um, German pen pal Mike, and and <laughs> and, and, um, and, and they can they've been talking for I don't think it's actually stated in like in the movie, but we could presume for a year or a, a year or over. Again, they become very very good friends. Um, 
though, though, um, Scotty thought that the Michael was a boy the, the whole time. Um, but it's actually a German girl named Mika, but the English spelling has made has made it look like Mike. Um, so so after after Scott, I can I can his girlfriend break up. Um, Mika asked uh, Mika. <laughs> Ask um, Scotty if the, if they would like to meet up, and there's a miscommunication. Like, and Scotty cuts off all contact with Mika, um, only to find out later that it's actually a girl. Um, yeah, because his that, best yeah, friend's been talking to his best friend's very much a stifler kind of copy. Like, he's very very, very much very like obsessed with sex, but very misinformed, and is like, you need to stop talking to that weird German guy because he's going to invite you over to sleep with him. And yeah, like, yeah. the premise, and then like he finds out the picture of Mike and Jan is actually Mika and Jan. Um, yeah. Like, which, uh, yeah. Um, and also, like, we, I think we need to touch on it. Scotty gets broken up with by his girlfriend who was cheating on him with Matt Damon, who then does an excellent punk rendition of a song called Scotty Doesn't Know, um, which yes. everyone should know that song if you're from the 2000s. And like, oh, my God. So good. It's so good. It's so good. Um, it, it can that, and you know, and that, that song now is uh, I can't look. I'm, I'm not going to say it's iconic, but I mean, but if you put on like an, any any two thousands like rock playlist, it's most likely going to be on there. I guarantee you, if we had a house party with people from our generation, that song came on, everyone would know the words. One hundred percent. I would say I would say it is iconic. Like that's a great. Like I haven't watched that movie in probably. Five or six years. I think I watched it during the pandemic, so maybe not, not quite that long. And uh, the, all I was, was I was like, "When does Scotty doesn't know come on?" And he's like, "Start singing along." I know that's coming. It's coming. Like, let's get into it. Um, sorry. Anyway, yes, go on. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, like um, um, yeah. Essentially, I, uh, like after like after, after the, the, the miscommunication, um, uh, Scotty finds out that it's actually a girl, like, and, and that he's been in, in love with her the whole time. So, like, so him and his best friend Cooper hop on a plane to Europe um, to essentially find Mika, so Scotty can can confess his love to her. Um, but yeah, but yeah, that's that's the basic premise, and they meet up with Jenny and Jamie. Like, and along the way, they they get drunk with football hooligans. Like in London, they get sexually assaulted like, on a train by a horny Italian man. That's played um, by Fred Armisen. Yes, uh, one of yes. his earliest film roles, Miscusi. Miscusi, so good. I say that all the time. Yeah, me too. Like it's just one of those. Like you know, we talk about how like, he's quote things randomly in life. Like Miscusi is just one of those things that it just it's so ingrained in my my brain now. I don't even think about Eurotrip. I just like it's just part of my lexicon. I'm like Miscusi, Miscusi, Miscusi. Yeah, um, it's it, it's it, it's such a ride. It's such a ride. I yeah. Love it. Vinnie Jones is the lead hooligan for Manchester United, like um, mm-hmm. who just that kind of disappeared. Sense. He disappeared off the earth. He did like a bunch of films in the two thousands, and then he never really did anything else. Like I haven't seen him in. A, I'm sure he's not, oh, he did. I was gonna say he did the Juggernaut and Deadpool, but he was the Juggernaut in X three, which was fifteen almost twenty years ago. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, he was in She's the Man as well. Was it? He's like the coach. Yeah, she's the man. He did a couple of. He did a lot of um, soccer. Central films like that tend to be what he did most. Um, what's crazy is the only kind of star in that group of kids is Michelle Trachtenberg, who yeah, who was in Buffy at the time. Um, and she'd done a couple other things. She was a, she was a Nickelodeon kid, she'd done a couple of things. But what's kind of crazy to me is that none of those kids really went on to do anything that I'm aware of. I'm sure they kept acting, but I haven't seen any of them in anything else that I, you know, off the top of my head. And I thought that cast was. Really good. Really good. Yeah. Like a, they did were great ensemble. They really bounced off each other well. Like they had heartfelt moments and like good comedy timing. It, it is kind of funny that um we didn't see them again because they were all great. Like Scotty was really like I just keep thinking about like the 
the robot dance he does with like the robot statue thing or whatever. Yeah, That's yeah, such yeah. a fun scene. Um, oh, I, I know. I, I don't know his name, but but the character the character that played Cooper um went on to do a movie called Twenty One in like in two thousand eight. And that was all. That was, the gambling uh, movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the gambling movie with um Kevin Spacey. Yeah, um, Coop. It looks like a young David Spade, by the way. <laughs> he <laughs> fucking does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I saw that movie, I'm like, is that David Spade? Did like, they, did they de-age him? And de-aging wasn't even a thing in Hollywood back then. No. <laughs> this looks like David Spade. Um, it's a really fun flick, man. I um, I think like of that that time of the early 2000s comedies, it is probably the best one they did. Not another teen movie is also very very good. Um, mm. And they managed to get because it's parody, they get away with it. I guess well, they got scary movies, but there are a couple of good ones. But Euro Trip for me, I think, like really, really sets itself above the rest. Like, I think it was just trying, it was trying, it wasn't cashing in for like as a teen sex romp. It was trying to do a little yeah. bit more. Uh, it was trying to be funny and it really lands. Like a lot of those jokes still hold up. I think it's really good. And like I thought it was so funny. Both, both like when they do teen sex romps, I find like it's 70% like jokes, 30% sex. So that's what they do. And when it's like when it's funny, it's funny, and the sex is always going to be like kind of tongue in cheek or silly, but never gets a big laugh. Him having sex with Mika in like the Vatican, holy Christ! In, yeah, like, okay. uh, yeah, man, like, I was it, laughing my head off. I'm like, sure, this is yeah. so wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, um, when, uh, 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 when, yeah, they that they go into the bad, they go into the Vatican. That they, they, they ring the bell to that signify the Pope is dead, and yeah. then like, and then they light the Pope, the Pope's hat on fire, throw it in a fireplace, and they, so within the span of ten minutes, the Pope is the Pope has apparently died. They've reelected the, the, the new Pope, like, and then Scotty walks out in the balcony covered in curtain drapes, wearing yeah. the Pope's hat, and <laughs> and you have the entire Vatican cheering for, for for scotty who's dressed up like the pope and it, yeah it's oh it's such a it's such a fun movie man and I'll, I'll this is going to be dicey but i'll say this let's go it's really hard to make it's real let me say let me say, it's really poor taste to do a mentally handicapped joke like that's one of those things that really ages poorly yeah yeah but when he's eating the ice cream and they're telling him <laughs> to have a special day like I'm sorry, like it's so funny, and that joke, like I don't know if it holds up by today's standards, but it still makes me laugh. And maybe I'm a bad person for laughing, but it's so well executed because it's just, it's just perfect. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's it's so funny. Like, and then and then even when they get scored in after guys like you have a very special day. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, Cooper's like, well, the guy like let us in. What an R word, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. It's yeah. so good, so good. Uh, I think that's a brilliant first first um, first choice. Like, yeah, you're like, oh, I don't know how you feel like this. I love Eurotrip. I think it's an excellent film. Um, and again, they do that thing where they flip the script. And this might be the first one or maybe one of the first ones where they go to the nude beach and they're like, we're going to see some boobs. Like, it's all about boobs. And Michelle Trachtenberg yeah. is taking her top off. So you're like, oh, we're going to see... Michelle Trachtenberg topless, and then instead it's just a, an army of dude, like naked dudes running down the beach, yeah. just, like, dicks everywhere. Yeah, um, it, it's again, like naked old men. Yeah, like so funny. Like just what a great, what a great idea. I still, I can, I, yeah, I still use the quote. Um, it's not a sausage fest; it's the international house of sausage. <laughs> <laughs> I still use that all the time. I love it. Yeah. 
Uh, nice. That's a great first flick. What a way to start the 2000s. Um, perfect. I don't know where you're going to go from here because that's, that's awesome. Um, Gabby, what's number five on your list? So, actually, Andre mentioned it before um, earlier in our chat, but my number five movie is Van Helsing. Oh, so good. Um, so this movie, and like Andre was saying that um, he based his list on like how many times he rewatched things. And I think as I was saying um, towards the start of our conversation, we really grew up in the age where like we're moving from VHS to DVD. So we mm-hmm. could rewatch things a lot of times and it was quite easy to do that. So, cause you just yeah. go back to a menu and start again. And um, you know, going to the DVD shop, like, you know, you're borrowing weeklies, but you'd rewatch, you'd watch everything in a weekend and you'd just rewatch the thing that you really like the most. 100%, and so yeah. this was one of these movies that um, my dad and I, we used to get DVDs all the time, but this is something that we would rewatch together a lot. So he wouldn't watch it twice in one weekend with me, but it would be one that you know, in the group of five or seven weeklies that we would get, that one would make a reappearance every, at least once a month, and he would watch it with me because he really liked it as well. Um, I, uh, I saw it in theatres, Van Helsing. Oh, wow, that would be awesome. I remember seeing it. And, like, it's funny because I think it came out, if I remember correctly, it's 2004. Um, it is, and yeah. And only like six months before this one came out, Kate Beckinsale was in Underworld, so she was just doing vampire yes. movie after vampire movie. <laughs> Um, Look, I don't I don't think that my dad's motivation for watching it so often was because it was the best movie around. I do think she had a fair bit to do with it because he's also a big fan of Underworld. So Yeah. Uh there there might be an underlying feature here. But um I really liked it because I'm not really into horror, but I do really like um the idea of horror and like the idea of monsters and mm. how like their origin and how they came to be and the psychology behind them and you know because most people when they think about a monster they just think visual but they don't think about their background or their personality or how they came to be there or like you know what happened to get them to be that way mm. and so with Van Helsing like I just saw all the characters and all the different like parts of the story were really interesting because you do get a little bit of a a taste test of all these different kind of monsters. So, like, at the start, you know, you're introduced to um, the Dr. Victor Frankenstein, who's obviously not the monster, but you see his monster. You see Igor, who we've seen, um, you know, adapted in so many different movies afterwards as well. Um, you see Count Dracula, you see the other, like, vampires as well. Um, and we've seen, like, variations of Frankenstein also in um, media since then. Um, and then you, like, afterwards you see, like, you get introduced to Van Helsing, but then you um, you see that he's got a battle with um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and that's, like, more literature that... You know, it's it's from such a long time ago that most people that are watching it at that time or, you know, in present day, they wouldn't really know about the literature behind it, but they've seen those themes come up before. Um, mm. And just because, like, I'm a teacher, we have to teach these texts to students. So when we're looking at, um, you know, looking for pictures or looking for, like, little clips that we can show them, 
um, sometimes like stuff from Van Helsing will pop up because if they can't visualise it, it's quite hard for them to sort of connect with the story about, you know, what the author's trying to talk about. Um, so it's really good to see those kinds of characters come up and it's it's interesting because it sort of draws you in about who is Van Helsing, what's his job, like he's just sort of killed this monster but, like, why is he doing it? Um, and then you realise he's part of this, like, secret organisation that works with the church um, but he doesn't really know anything about himself. He just knows that, like, he's working for them mm. and it's sort of in this mission to sort of remember who he really is. Um, and then um, he gets given this mission to go to Transylvania um, in order to kill Dracula um, and protect the last two sort of um, descendants of this long family line who have made it their life mission to kill Dracula. Um and so when he first, like, when we're first introduced to this family, um, they're trying to kill a werewolf, um, but it's like a brother and a sister, and in trying to kill the werewolf, they initially trap it, but um, the trap gets broken and the werewolf ends up attacking the brother. Um, like, he goes for the sister, but the brother push, pushes the sister out of the way and, you know, the brother is sort of pushed over a cliff. And so she thinks he's dead um, and then Van Helsing sort of comes to the town and the townspeople are not very fond of him because they don't know who he is. Um, and then Dracula's wives wreak havoc on the town trying to abduct, um, you know, this girl. Um, her name's Anna. Um, anyway, so... They try to abduct her, but Van Helsing sort of saves the day and he kills one of Dracula's brides and they, uh, the remaining two just fly back to his castle. And, like, you would think that that's, like, his wife, like, he would be a bit sad, but he's, like, he doesn't really care. Like, he's, like, I'll just get another bride. It's fine. Mm. And, there, and like, that's you can sort of see a bit of a fracture in his relationship with his wives because he's, like, they were really upset about it and then he was just like, meh, okay. Um, and then um, they go back to, um, because Van Helsing's killed um, a werewolf, then everyone was mad at him again because they're like, you know, vampires only kill when they need to. Now they're going to start killing for revenge. Mm. Um, they're going to start wreaking more havoc on the town and it's like the grave digger is like the leader of the pack against um, Van Helsing, but um, Anna sort of saves him and takes her back to his uh, her castle um, where all her family history is. And um, Van Helsing got like a, a friar with him. I love a friar. He's so funny. It's awesome. <laughs> um, so he's sort of doing a bit more research into, you know, how they're going to stop Dracula. But um, he Van, she's like, oh, like, let's go find him now. But Van Helsing like knocks her out so that, they can go hunt for Dracula when the light is on their side because obviously vampires in this movie can't come out in the light. They don't sparkle. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, um, she wakes up and there's a, a werewolf in the house. So she's like on high alert, but it's actually her brother and he's telling her that there's a cure for, for um, being a werewolf and that um, Dracula has it but then he transforms because it's a full moon. Um, and then Van Helsing goes to, like, attack him. 
um, and they sort of get go to like Frankenstein's um, like lab, and they notice that he's got like all the um, like all these like eggs, and they're like um, Dracula's babies, mm. and they hatch, which is so disgusting. Um, it feels but, very much like a nod to Alien that hatching. Yes, eight. yeah, except they, upside down. Yeah, and so they hatch and they fly away, but because uh, uh, Dracula's using um, Anna's brother Vulcan as like a conduit for the energy to like I don't know breathe life into these babies, it fails, and so all the babies die. Mm. Um, so he sort of has to start again, but. In that sort of scene, uh, Dracula meets Van Helsing and he sort of is talking to him like he knows him, but Van Helsing's like, what do you, like, I don't even know who you are. Mm. Um, middle, 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 they sort of find out that, like, they've met in sort of like another life that Van Helsing was the, actually killed him, killed Dracula, and Dracula then made a deal with the devil to gain immortality and come back to life. So... They have this battle, but um, in doing so, they've stolen, like, uh, Frankenstein, sorry, the Frankenstein's monster's actually been hiding out at um, Anna's house, and so they're trying to get him away so that Dracula can't use him, Um, but they get sort of stopped by his um, Dracula's wives, and so they have to go to this ball um, to to get him back, but they unfortunately don't. Like he gets um, abducted while he's at the ball. But that ball scene, like I find, is really cool. Like all the costuming and everything, yeah. mm. and, and how he's dancing. Um, Dracula's dancing with Anna, and, and you can't see his reflection in the mirror. Yeah, it's a great scene. Yeah, <laughs> it's really really cool. Um, and then you sort of have that ending where um, Van Helsing's being bitten by a werewolf, and they realize that the only thing that can kill Dracula is a werewolf. But he's gonna. But if he turns into a well werewolf, like by midnight, so there's like a whole timing aspect to it. Mm. And I just thought the ending was really sad because I'm like, oh, finally, like everyone's gonna get something out of this, and Dracula will be dead, and then it doesn't work out that way. Um, but I actually I just, don't remember how it ends. It's been like I haven't seen it in probably oh, well, fifteen I mean, like, years. Spoilers for a twenty year old movie, but like she, he kills Dracula. Because he Dracula promises that he'll tell him like his origin story, like his past, um, and he dis like he decides to not like agree to that, and he kills Dracula, um, and Kate, oh Kate Beckinsale's character Anna, she like injects him with the cure, but when she does it, he kills her, like that's right, by yeah. accident, and so then when he turns back to a human, he's realized what he's done, and so. Um, they like bury her, um, and she like he sees her like reunite with her brother in like the afterlife. Mm. So I mean, like it's it's kind of like bittersweet because it's like she's now not alone like without her family. But at the same time, there was a little bit of like a budding romance there, and he kind of like ruined it unintentionally. Yeah, ruined it by killing her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's crazy this flick didn't get a sequel. I was just looking it up; it made his money back. Um, and Universal clearly keeps trying to make this work because, like, in early 2000s, we had Dracula 2000 and then we had Van Helsing and then, we, you know, we had The Mummy, you know, we had the Brendan Fraser mm. Mummy films. Like, they've been trying these monster films, like, nonstop for decades. Like, uh, it's shocking that 
this actually feels like of all the things they've tried in the last few decades, the one that should have worked. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, the, 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 that Invisible Man film a couple of years ago, and apparently that's the launching of a new universe, which I'm cool with. Like I like that Invisible Man movie quite a bit, but is that the, that one with that girl that's from um from uh, Handmaid's Tale? Yes, yes. Yeah, um, they're doing. I think Ryan Gosling is playing the Wolfman. Okay. Oh, okay. I think he's playing the Wolfman. I could be wrong, but he's playing someone. Um, he's, yeah, because like it's movies. like Van Helsing's based on like Dracula, Frankenstein, the Wolfman, and then obviously features. Um, Dr. Jekyll Do- Yeah, so like has like that's only like a small part, but it's based on all those things. So I mean, like I'd be interested to see it. I just think, yeah, like they, you could have done so much past this movie of like, okay, where where does he go next? What monsters does he face? Kind of like a supernatural type thing, mm. how they like face so many monsters and demons and stuff like that. I think that would be cool. But as you as you're saying, like it, it was in an age of like uh, underworld, and there was like you know shows coming out as well, like True Blood and uh, Vampire Diaries and. Mm. Gosh, so many, so it's. I guess it was like so content heavy that maybe they thought it had been done too much, or I don't think it made. I don't think it made enough money for them. Like it was, the budget was one hundred sixty million, um, and it made three hundred million dollars, which is technically losing money in in Hollywood. Um, yeah, go, okay. go, go figure. Um, but yeah, it seems like like Hugh Jackman is you know he was a rising star at that point. You know, like mm. he'd been in X Men. He'd been doing a couple of things. He'd done Swordfish. He was getting notoriety. Like, it seems like a mm-hmm. flick that, you know, that they could have gone with. Unless they decide to old man Logan it and now do a sequel to Van Helsing 20 years later, which I'd be okay mm. with, actually. But, oh, that um, would be awesome. That would be cool, I think. Like, because um, I, I know that it was met with mixed reactions. I know some people really liked it, but a lot of people didn't. But I think it's really fun and, like, it really captures the spirit of what horror fans look for like not everything needs to be scary like it's just a celebration of of monsters which is what we love so i I really enjoyed van helsing so i would love to have seen more and you know it's very unlikely we will but if they do decide to go for it i'll be uh, i'll be there you know in the cinema watching it it'd be great yeah, yeah. Like, the movie, like the movie, was so cool. I mean, like, I mean, all the all the gadgets that and the, that Van Helsing had, and you know that Gatling crossbow, the the, mm. the like the uh, the buzz sword um, things like, on on his hand, and and, and, and that you know, little bomb thing that they had at the ball that was yeah, a ball of light yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was. Yeah, it was a really like it was a really create like they were being creative, but but they were they were trying the hardest to stick to the you know like you know original source material, um and and the CGI still holds up from pretty well like like that scene of mm, I did see a picture of the werewolf. I don't know if I'm convinced with that one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, 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 like no, like, like that scene that that scene with um um like you, you were talking about before when uh, um when it's night time and 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 Anna's walking walking through her house like, and then Balkan shows up and they transforms into a werewolf for the first time um like yeah again that, that scene to me like it like is it's still it's still a spectacle and like and it's still mm. up. like like look is it like is it CGI fantastic but by nowadays absolutely not but like, but for but for for what it is it still holds up you know what it you is are that- right, and like what? if you're if you're focusing on the CGI to, to to decide whether the film's good or not, you're missing the point. So you are right, of course. That's it, and we have seen far worse. Uh, like I don't know if any of you have seen the movie adaptation of Beowulf, but 
Yes. Yeah, yeah I did. And, um, <laughs> that was when they were trying to do like a live action CGI hybrid. And it's like, I remember yeah. not understanding a thing that I saw in that movie. Um, yeah, so, I would I mean, also go to the. I would also go to the mummy, the Mummy Returns. You know, is another example of CGI that's not aged very well. Oh yeah, the that rock scorpion, like no. PS One rock, like it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I bet you, like in the theaters, because um, I saw that a, lo- a lot later in life. I bet you, if you saw, like, if you saw that in theaters, you're like, oh my god, like the CGI is amazing. It looks like, exactly like him. Yeah. <laughs> How did they do that? And it's like, well. <laughs> They didn't have to do too much, let me tell you. Like, yeah. It looks like Play-Doh, but mm. that's all right. It's like if you've seen clips of like the PS1 Harry Potter game, like they they kind of got have been memified online in the last couple of years. But <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's kind of what it's the, the equivalent of. Um, we have been going for about an hour. We've talked about two movies. <laughs> good, uh, good first movies though. Uh, let's go back to you, Andre. What's number four on your list? Alrighty, um, so so I'm I, I'm going with the Scooby Doo live adaptation that came out in two thousand two. Nice, what a great I movie! movie. Hmm. I, yeah, um, yeah, that's a great flick. Written by James Gunn. Yep, absolutely. Uh, which I didn't know until about a year ago. I was like, no way, that was James Gunn. Good on him. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I saw I saw it in the cinema with uh, with my dad, um, and and he like he was he was kind of moaning and groaning about about going in about going in to see it, um, because there was I don't know probably a different documentary on sand that I was playing at that point. He would have found that much more interesting. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah. When we, when we walked out of there, I loved it. Like, and, yeah, and even he loved it as well. Mm. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's like from such a classic TV show that 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 I grew up watching. Um, it's probably the best live action adaptation that that I've seen. Um, going you from might, a cartoon, you might be right. I'm trying to think. It's it's done so well. I think the character, like, it was perfectly cast. Perfectly I was cast. about to say perfectly cast. Like I don't, I don't have an issue with any of the like the way that the gang was cast at all. I think everyone looked like who you would think that they like they would look like. Um, you know, they played their characters really well. Like just their their cadence, even just like the way that they interact with one another. I just thought was perfect, and it was like a great twenty first century look at what these characters would look like. Yeah. Well, the casting was so good that Matthew Lillard went on to voice Shaggy. He's still voicing Shaggy like 20 years later. Really? Yeah, like he went in and became the new voice of Shaggy in all the future animated stuff. He's been doing that's, it for That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And yes, he should. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm really happy of his um well I well I want to want to say newfound success refound success after um uh, after um Five Nights at Freddy's like, even even though I haven't seen the movie um like uh, I've seen a bunch of things online that his career is starting to get back on track afterwards. Yeah, his career never left. He just went into voice work, and I think like that's something that a lot of actors do. Like people are like oh they disappeared. It's like no no you can do voice work. You can do you can go in for five hours into a booth. Um, you can wear your, your pajamas. You can do the job yeah. at home and get like get paid. And it might not be as lucrative as say doing the Scooby Doo movie, but it pays pretty well. And uh, you can yeah, you don't have to like go through all the rigmarole of you know the live action stuff. So a lot of actors do that. Yeah, he was also in that um, series called Good Girls as well. Um, I think it's called oh, I think it's called Good Girls. It's on Netflix. That's actually oh yep yep I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, 
But, yeah, like, this movie, I know it's on Andre's list, but, like, I watch it, I think I watched it in the movies with my dad as well, and then I remember going to the drive-ins to see the second one because we loved the first one so much. I saw the second one in the drive-in as well. Me too. Um, and look, we must have all been there at the same time. Mm. Um, but I know that, like, it's gained, like, it's it's great on its own and the story is really great on its own, but... I think in Australia we love it that much more because of the ride at Movie World. The, um, that is the best ride ever. It's, it's the it's, best it hence, ride. When it goes backwards, like you're it's, going through the gauntlet and then it goes down backwards, I don't know. It's the best roller coaster ever. Um, the best ride. And then, like, I mean, it's not even, like, as far as, like, the rides there go in terms of, like, thrills, it's definitely not the scariest ride, but it's the most fun. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, could you believe mine and my sister's heartbreak when we went there only a few weeks ago and it has been closed until 2025 because they're renovating it. So I guess they're, they're making it new and improved, but I thought it was good as it was. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe they just want to update the safety. I don't know. <laughs> like maybe they're Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure um, that that's the reason and, you know, tighten up the screws and everything because it, it's been there since... God, I went in 2005 and it was there then. Yeah. Um, so I'm it's really been glad, there a really long time. I'm really glad you mentioned Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. That movie is mm. underrated as hell. Underrated. It um, it actually captures the spirit of the animated series more than the first one, I would say. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because the, 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 the second one really is like, the monsters aren't real. It's a guy with a machine, like wearing a mask. And it's like, yes, that's exactly what the cartoon was. Like, well done. Mm. And they had like the minor 49er, like all these cart- like villains from the classic cartoon showing up. So as someone who'd watched a lot of Scooby-Doo as a kid, I thought it was fantastic. But that first one, gee, it's incredible. Like the idea to be like, oh, we've actually already broken up and now this is our last case together. Like I- I- what a great spin on it. Like instead of doing an origin story, just going straight and be like, everyone knows Scooby-Doo. We don't need to worry about telling you who Scooby-Doo is. Everyone knows who Scooby-Doo is. Let's do a bit of a different take on it. Um, and have you heard the the rumors of the more adult script? Surely you must have heard about this. Yes. Yeah, you know, I think, yeah, I have. Yeah, so, I haven't. So James Gunn's original draft was a little bit saucier and, like, there was some... Uh, saucier than Velma in the red vinyl suit? Well, there was meant to be, like, some kind of suggested potential romance between Velma and Daphne. And I think there was even a kiss in the original script. Um, and Warner Bros. were like, children are watching this, so please don't. Uh, um, yeah, okay. And this is, and remember, this is, you know, this is early 2000s when, you know, society was very different back then. They weren't sure about women kissing. Um, sure. Yeah. But, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, apparently there was some pretty strong lesbian themes in the original draft. Um Yeah. I really, I, I really like the um, the scene in the in the in the first one where, uh, you know, Daphne, she's always the damsel in distress, and then she has that scene with like that guy who's like dressed like a. They're in that wrestling. Yeah, thing. yeah, the wrestling. Yeah. Like, oh, who's the damsel now? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spe- uh, speaking of like things we quote um, from movies in our day to day lives, the amount of times so I've just been like, drive the bus. Drive the bus. Um, that's like constantly in my head. I, I think, um, you know, I, th- I, I think um, what what con- what constantly plays in my head that like I still don't even know the words to it, but like 
but but the this is what we creatures say. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, Sugar Ray being in the in the movie? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the band, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yep. And then they like they they like they turn into the creatures. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, but um. Uh, Linda, uh, uh, Linda Cardellini. Car- Cardellini, yeah, she, yeah. she was my she was my first celebrity crush, um, like yeah, yeah, by far, um, and and she and she was cast perfect as Velma, um, mm-hmm. great, like great. yeah, uh, yeah, like, like like as a boy, I also had a crush on with uh, as like the cartoon character, um, yep. so like, so when I saw her in live action, I was like, oh my god, she's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I knew um, I knew I was yeah. right about it. <laughs> exactly. Parents uh, laughed at me. I knew I was right about this cartoon girl. Um, but, uh, it, but it's such a it's such a great movie. Like 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 look looking like looking back on it now, um, it is. Uh, I, I, can, I guess it would be, it would be considered a kids movie, but but it has some really subtle adult jokes in there that I just did not get as a kid. I mean, I, I mean, you know, near, near the start of the movie, when, when Shaq and Scooby are in a van, they're pissing themselves, laughing, and there's steam coming out the top of their van. You know, you know, something's definitely insinuated, but they're just like making food. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, I think they're doing burgers or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's in in my, yeah, in my mind, it's it's the quintessential like like classic cartoon to live action movie. Mm. Um, you know, you know, especially nowadays with with Disney um, just redoing. All of their like all the classic animated movies in mm. in live action. Um, I personally haven't found any of them to be impressive. Yeah, no, yeah, none of them have really jumped out at me. I think uh, we've talked about this before. The only that's come close to me is Mulan's because they didn't remake the exact same movie. Like I know a lot of people had problems with Mulan and they felt like it was a little bit low effort, but I was like, you know what? At least I'm not seeing the exact same movie I saw 20 years ago. Like they tried yeah. something yeah. different. They they put it on a more epic scale. They tried to make it you know, like more grounded, which I really, I really appreciated. I, you know, I didn't need someone to imitate Mushu and do a poor impression. Like I didn't no. need that. Do you know what I mean? Because if they couldn't get Eddie Murphy back, like what someone's gonna do an impression of Eddie Murphy and do a bad job of it? I'm like, no. Um, but I do agree with you. Like Lion King, I, I wasn't overly impressed with. Um, Aladdin, the only cool thing in that movie, like they put like ten new songs in it. Um, mm. but the only thing I thought was really cool was when Iago turned into a monster bird. I'm like, well, that's cool. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That was cool. Um, that being said, Guy Ritchie is doing Hercules next, and I am kind of excited for that. And Danny really, Guy Ritchie is doing Hercules. Go. And I'm and, um, and Danny DeVito is coming back. So like, you know, maybe that that'll be maybe that one will you know hit hit it for us. Who knows. <laughs> well, uh, well, um, Gabby and I actually watched Hercules on what Wednesday. Uh, Bless my soul. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Hercules in a roll. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm, I'm very excited for like, for Garwitch's take on it. Like, just going back to, to the second movie real quick. Go for it. Um, um, yeah. I. I love. Uh, yeah. Like I loved the second one. Um. Um. Again, seeing it for for the first time as a kid. Um. Like you said, seeing like, seeing all the older monsters from the actual animated show was so cool. Um. You know the CGI back then. Again, back then I was like, "Wow, you know, wow, that looks so real." Um, 
but but my the only my only gripe with it was was the villain. Um, I scrappy dappy dude. No, the second mm. one. Oh, that, that's right. That is the first one. But the villain in the second one isn't it the news lady? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah for uh, look, I can't I can't quite put my finger on it now because I haven't seen the second one in a long time. But but yeah, the villain for me felt short. But but the the, the rest the rest of the movie was great. Like you know, you had that you had that showdown with um uh, um with the knight and and Freddie on like on a motorcycle holding like holding a pipe as well. You know, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Mm. Um, um, you had you know you had you had the two little skeleton dudes like who were just running around and like, and then when Shaggy and Scooby were like were drinking potions from the fridge and again like, Shaggy grew tits. Yeah, it was you know. It was. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like yeah. Both yeah, yeah. Both films were were really really fantastic. I um there like, yeah there was suppo- there was supposed to be a third one, but but but, yeah, but the second movie just didn't do well enough at the box office to to warrant the third. Like e- like even though even though the third movie had already essentially been hashed out. Mm. Um, which is really disappointing. Um, there were uh, like, there were a bunch of like live action ones, not like I can, not, not a direct continuation, but but there were but there were live action Scooby Doo movies that were straight to DVD. Um, that like yeah, that didn't get any kind of any kind of appearance on on most media. Um, I've seen like screen grabs and some trailers and stuff, and they look very much like the kind of stuff that Disney is making on the Disney channel. Like that's kind of what they looked like. Yeah. Which there's yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with that. Like that, but you know, there's a very specific audience for those movies and I'm not that audience. No. Um, and then last year or the year before Mindy Kaling did an adult c- cartoon called Velma, which. Uh, no, don't be talking to me about it. Oh that. yeah. I, I've heard only mixed. I think it had like a 1.9 star rating on IMDb. Yeah. Uh, I think like people were just like I think it was it was very like adult and over the top. I, I never watched it as I mentioned. Um, One point six has gone down. Um, uh, I watched um I watched a couple of episodes um because because it, everybody was shitting on it so hard um but but, but I really wanted to. It's give got a it great a cast. Yeah. Like, it, everyone, it does. Yeah, the cast is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can that, and that's partly what I wanted again to as well. Like, it can, it can, the cast was great. The animation itself looks solid. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so I want, yeah, like I really wanted to and, and to give it a crack. And and after, yeah, I got through. I got through no, I got through four episodes, and I just couldn't stand it. Um, yeah, like, I, 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 I just could not stand it for like for whatever reason they took, they took Velma and. And uh, it, you know the story itself. It, it, it had, had almost nothing to do with Velma, like, like what who Velma is as uh, as she's been re- represented originally. But it had nothing to do with um, with any other cast either, aside from saying Fred has a small penis, and like, and that was essentially mm-hmm. the joke for four episodes. Like, again, that they could have written, they could have written like an entirely new character and an entirely new cast. For that, um, but in my opinion, they that they showed they just grabbed a popular character in media and just crammed it like in a random story that had nothing to do with it. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's yeah that that's my little rant, I guess. Um, I guess because I like I love I love the original show so much. Um, to see it just like rubbed through the mud and to have it so much negative press. Um, 
Yeah. yeah, it feels like it was made in response to Harley Quinn, which is an excellent animated series. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I've heard it's fantastic. I haven't seen it though, but I've, I've heard nothing but great things. Oh, it's brilliant! Like it's on binge. It's so good. Like especially the first two seasons, season three and four are good, but the first two seasons, like there's a very like there's one kind of consistent arc through those first two, um, mm-hmm. and that's like the end of season one, and I think season two made me cry. Like they're just it's so, like it's over the top, ridiculous, hilarious, vulgar, and then has like a beautiful love story in it. Like it's yeah, Harley Quinn's definitely worth watching. Wonderful. Um, we didn't quick up our pace at all. So what's your next film, yeah. Gabby? Number four. Scooby Doo's a great pick, by the way. That's really good. Um. So my number four is Aaron Brockovich. Ooh, sick. Um. I. I love a strong female lead. And, th- and I also love Julia Roberts. And mm. so this is like hand in hand. That's what makes this movie. She, like, she's the, obviously, she's the main character, but she's, she carries the entire movie. Um, you know, they've, there's other stars in it. Um, like Aaron Eckhart's in it. Um, oh, what a champion. Yeah. But like, he he's definitely secondary to her in the movie. Like he's a supporting actor um, in it, but yeah, just her performance is fantastic in it. Um, have you seen it? I have seen it once when it first came out on DVD in the early two thousands. Yeah. Um, I remember bits and pieces. I um, I remember obviously the most famous line is probably the called boobs Ed. Um, yeah. I remember that. Um, and I feel like I I can't remember what it was. But she's got trying to get signature of something, and I think there's like a, she makes a joke about exchanging sexual favors, and she goes, "Boy, I'm tired." Um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah. I remember really. I remember a bit feeling very weird watching. So I was watching it with my mum, and it was probably mm-hmm. the most adult thing I'd watched at that point. Ah, um, uh, yeah. But I remember digging it, and I was like, "Well, I like, I like, you know, this kind of humor. It's it, it, this is this is definitely my jam." Yeah, I think because she. You know, she start, starts out like she's a single mom. She's involved in a like a car, like a traffic accident, and so then she can't work because she's injured. And her lawyer's supposed to get her like a settlement, and then he doesn't because she loses the case because she's a bit like too like fired up in court, and so like the ruling goes against her. Um, and then he ends up hiring her because he feels sorry for her that you know she's got three mouths to feed and no job. Um, and then it just takes a turn where you just see this woman. She just appears like she's obviously good looking, but she's quite rough in terms of like her manner and stuff. Um, and you're like, well, God, this is never going to work out. She's in like a legal office. And although like they're not in a really hoity toity type area, you know, there's a level of professionalism when people are hiring legal help. So, um, and she doesn't quite fit the mold, but she is quite determined. And, um, you know, you really see by the end of the movie that she really does care about justice and, and, and getting the people that have been affected by um, the water, like the poison in the water, um, getting at least something because a lot of the illnesses that these poor people had um gotten that like they're, they're terminal or they're gonna um suffer like a really really poor quality of life so um 
at, towards the end they get help from external um like a external office because like I think the case is quite big they've got like 600 odd um people that are like complainants against this massive company that mm. have poisoned the water supply um so they hire external help and one of like the ladies who works for that legal office is like oh you know we don't have enough details like we'll never get it done in time and blah 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 and Julia Roberts like Erin she's like okay who what whose number do you need like what what's wrong like what address do you need what do you what, what's your problem and she's just like oh like you can't possibly know everyone's names there's like 600 and something people and she's like what name do you need whose number and then she's like oh okay she just picks up a file and she reads out a name and she's able to like recite who it is how old they are what illness they have um she named like that her phone number um like all her history and she's like okay like I think we've gotten off on the wrong foot and she's like well that's all you've got is two wrong feet and fucking ugly shoes that's right yeah (laughs) and I'm like you know what that's what I'm talking about. I love your attitude. I just love, like, she's an expert, but she's also got a bit of sass, a bit of pizzazz she's about her. She's got the her. sass going on, yeah. That's right. And, like, even at the end when, like, they win the case, they win, like, it's, like, $330 million um, by the end of it. Like, that's what gets awarded to the um, plaintiffs. Um, but... To be able to get this huge settlement, they need to get all of the plaintiffs to agree to this one, um, like, deposition. Um, So, like, it's quite obviously a big task to do. Um, But by the time, like, they they win it, um, they had sort of agreed on, like, what she would get as, like, her cut of, like, the payout. And initially she's like, He's like, oh, I had to make it like her boss. He's like, oh, I had to make some adjustments. And she starts like going off her off her rocker band, like, you know, I work my ass off on this, blah, blah, blah. He's like, just have a look at the number. And she realized that that it was much more than he initially promised. Mm. Uh it's like two million dollars, which I mean, with the time that this happened, it's 1993. So like yeah. the, the movie came the movie came out um in 2000, but like it's set in 1993, so $2 million in 1993. I mean, $2 million today is a fat sum of money. Because so. mm. that's the thing. Like, for those who don't know, it's based on a true story. Like, it's – Yes, yeah. yes. And she's quite a successful, uh, like, law – like a I don't public know, defender or something? Yeah, or? She's, yeah. And so – and she's got – um, like, she's got, like, an organisation as well. I think she offers, like – uh, is she with like Shine help. Lawyers or something? Yeah, yeah. Let me look her up. But yeah, she's the real deal. It's a, yeah. I wish I I watched it more recently. It's been on my my rewatch this Yeah, so while. she's a, a, a paralegal, consumer advocate, and environmental activist. Um. And yeah, she was instrumental in building a case against Pacific Gas and Electric Company, um, where the Hinkley, the water in Hinkley was contaminated um and it was like it wasn't just like a little like people getting a little bit sick or whatever like people having brain tumors or people who had to have like um like there's a woman who was actually like, quite young she had to have a hysterectomy because 
it gave her like cancer or something. Like it was really, really bad. And that's like I don't think that they like inflated the amount of people who were affected to have 600 people in a a very small town affected by this. And like the fact that the company knew Mm. that's so disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, like I have, I have seen that movie, but it was, it was such a long time ago. Um, I've, I've seen little snippets pop up on, on, on YouTube and on YouTube shorts and TikTok and things like that. Um, but um, yeah, I can. I remember the movie being fantastic. Yeah, it's been a long time for me as well, but it's it's a good one. I mean, Julia yeah. Roberts, man. Like even a, even a bad movie with Julia, Julia Roberts is still pretty good. Yeah, she hasn't put in a bad performance. I don't think. Just committed to the craft. And and uh, you, I, I think I told you, like you sold me on Julia Roberts last year with um, Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. Yeah, well, I'm glad to have done it. It was. Uh, I felt like an idiot after. I'm like, why was I? Like, why was I sleeping on this one? This is a great movie. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we all make, we're all allowed to make mistakes from time to time, and that was my my mistake. I'll allow it. Thanks. Thanks for doing you, that. You movie snob, you. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what a what a d bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I snorted as well, so that was a little freebie for the listeners. Um, <laughs> Nice one, uh, excellent. So we uh, well, that was a little bit quicker because <laughs> Andre had nothing to add to it, unfortunately. Uh, Andre, jump into number three. What's your number three for the two thousands? Alrighty, um, uh, uh, this one's a bit more a bit more mainstream. Um, and and like I said before, I try not to make my entire list animated, but this one is. Um, two thousand eight's Kung Fu Panda. Oh, what a great flick! Yeah, great. I love that movie. Yeah, great, great. You know, animation is just it. It's Beyond, it's beyond perfect. Um, DreamWorks did an amazing job, like like usual. The music was done by Hans Zimmer, so you can't go wrong. You know, it won it won a Golden Globe for like the best animated picture. Um, like even like even the Chinese, like even the Chinese government said that like that's crazy that they can't make a better Chinese film in China. You know, mm. um, yeah, it's you know, you know Dream, you know, DreamWorks just they. They, they, they just—they can't stop punching, you know. I, uh, oh, like I see what you did there. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, Kung, yeah, Kung Fu Panda, um, with a star-studded cast, Jack Black as Poe. Um, yeah, you know, he, yeah, you know, he had he had that minor role in Shark Tale, <clears throat> um, mm. and then yeah, like, and, and then he got invited to do like, to. Like you know, to do the main role for Kung Fu Panda, and and he does such great voice work. He does, he does. Like, like, it was it's just perfect for him. I I haven't seen the Mario movie yet, so I don't know how he went with Bowser. Oh, he, it's he's great. Like, it was actually in my t- uh, spoiler alert for my episode a couple of weeks ago. But um, my number one movie of 2023 was Mario. Um, I, I it's such a crowd pleaser, and Jack Black's perfect. Like he does something with Bowser that I wasn't expecting. Like he makes him flawed i'll say that without going into too much detail but he makes him a flawed character and i think it really works yep. for the movie and for the comedy of the movie but jack black ever since i saw like i mean i'm trying to think what the first thing i saw him in was it was probably orange county um but he had been in movies before then but orange county i think was the first thing i saw jack black in and i was like oh my god like this guy is amazing um he's just the world does not deserve jack black no 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 it, no it doesn't and and um and i you know <sighs> 
I really wanted to put ten- Tenacious D and the, the Pick of Destiny on like on my list as well. Um, I just put those DVDs on my shelf today. Tenacious D, oh my god, so good. Yeah, Tenacious D, Pick of Destiny. My, my friend Ash, my friend Ash and I used to watch that show. I used to watch that movie constantly. Was so into into Tenacious. D. I'm still into Tenacious. D. I saw that movie in theaters as well. Yeah, um, yeah, it's so good, so much. It, it, actually, that movie has gotten better with age. So the first time I saw it, I was like, ah, it's fine. It gets funnier each time, and Dave Satan is so good. Yeah, 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 like, absolutely. And 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 the tracks in uh, the tracks in that movie are great. Mm. Um, you know, it can, I, can, like, I still listen to to the uh, Pick of Destiny album to this day. Yeah, it's um, great. It, it, it just it goes so hard, you know, and. <laughs> Storm the gates. That's another yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, classic yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, but uh, yeah, back to Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, like, like it's been, like, it's more, it's more of a, it's more of a widely known movie. Um, on my, uh, like, on my list. So, like, so I'm okay. sure everyone, I'm sure everyone listening like, has watched it to death. Um, but like, but out of the out of the animated movies that I mean, that I've watched, well, actually, my, my number one is like is my favorite animated movie from that era. But I'm not going to spoil it here. Um, oh. But but yeah, it's 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 fan, like, it's fantastic. I, I can't like, you know I can't say a bad word about it. You you have Jack Black. You have Jack Black playing playing our protagonist Poe, who's you know he's a panda. He's he can he's the only panda in in the. Uh, I forget the name, but the valley or whatever. Um, and and he again, he's the biggest fan of Kong, like of Kung Fu. He wants to do Kung Fu, but but he's stuck in a restaurant with his with his duck for a father. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, and you know, I love I love an underdog story. I absolutely mm. love an, an underdog story. And and after he was chosen to be the Dragon Warrior, like and, and his struggle to 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 not only fit in, not only fit in with with the Furious Five, but but be his mentor, Master Shifu. Um, and they like, and they literally threw him down the stairs. You know, um, but Shifu is um. It's D- D- Dustin Hoffman, I believe. That's right. Yeah, 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 no, yeah Dustin Hoffman, and you know, it. If anything, like, if anything, it's a, it's a movie about like it's a movie about not only perseverance but believing in yourself. Mm. And and I then I struggle. I, you know, I still struggle with um with self confidence. Um, when I was growing up, um, and that and that movie had such an impact on me to. <clears throat> um, to like, to not only, to not only try um, my hardest at things, but but to, but to push through all the all the negativity, um, to like, and to again like, to really try and to, like, to try and do great things. Like, like you know, the only thing you can do is try. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's a movie that that touched me to my core. It's uh, it's so good, and I'll say this: like, I haven't obviously the new one hasn't come out yet, although the trailer is fantastic. Not a bad flick in the franchise. Like all the Kung Fu Panda movies are great. I, oh, saw, great. This, I saw this in cinemas as well. I, I remember I saw it opening weekend. Um, Seth Rogen is in it. Is, is Lucy Liu in it as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the crane. Um, the snake. The snake. That's right. I remember I went and saw it, and this is when I realized that my love of movies was different to other people's. Because I went and saw Kung Fu Panda opening weekend. And I told my friends about it, and they're like, "Why? Why did you see this?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" Why wouldn't I see this? 
it's Jack Black, it's Seth Rogen, it's Lucy Liu, it's Dustin Hoffman. Like, it's the greatest martial arts film of all time. It just happens to be <laughs> animated. Um, and that's when I like th- that was the exact film that made me realize I was like, oh, I like movies different to most people I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah. yeah, my love of cinema just goes in a different direction to where most people go with cinema. I'm like, that's cool. Now I know. Now I know that I'm a bit different. That's okay. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I actually have a similar story. I'm, uh, yeah, I went to the movies with my friends, like, and they all wanted to see Hancock um, uh, with uh, Will Smith, and and I just really, really wanted to see Kung Fu Panda. Um, but but there was about eight of us, and we all, we all went to see Hancock, and it's not that I wasn't enjoying the film, but but I just really wanted to see Kung Fu Panda. So about twenty minutes through Hancock, I just left, and uh, again around that, and they happened to be showing a um a um. Uh, Kung Fu Panda half an hour later, so I, I just snuck into that cinema and saw it by myself. I have to um, give Hancock another chance. I remember I really wanted to see it, and then when I watched it, I did not love it. Um, I watched it at my wife's house. We were dating at the time. We weren't living together yet. Um, and uh, I remember I was quite unwell. I think I threw up halfway through Hancock, so that might have something to do with it. Oh, um, dear, okay. <laughs> but I just didn't dig that, like, Jason Bateman lost his wife because... You know, a prophecy said that his wife was meant to be married to a superhero from another planet, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not digging this." Uh, but it's again, I haven't seen it since it came out in DVD, so I've got to give Hancock another go. Um, but yeah, be like I said, Kung Fu Panda. When you have DreamWorks animation, and you have and you have Hans Zimmer for the score, you have fantastic voice actors. The villain is great. The um, like you know, the Kung Fu choreography is fantastic. It's it, like, it, it, it's right up there with a, like, with a perfect animated film. You've mentioned animation a lot tonight. Um, have you seen the nominations for the Academy Awards this year for animation? No, no, I haven't actually. I'm interested on in your thoughts because I think there was a, a couple of glaring omissions, but um, there were two that I hadn't heard of, and one of them was a Spanish film, which I was really excited about. I'm like, great, I'm glad that animation's opening up um, to just not – the English only ones. Um, Hayao Miyazaki, um, the Studio Ghibli film, uh, The Boy and the Heron got nominated, which I thought was excellent. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it, but I'm glad, like, they always get a nom- nomination. Um, Elemental got nominated, the Disney Pixar one, which I haven't seen. Um, Yana said that's good. And, um, and then the last one was Across the Spider-Verse. And I took issue with both the Elemental and Across the Spider-Verse. I haven't seen Elemental, but like, I feel like in the last five years, animation has really been stepping up its game in terms of the kind of films we're making, with the exception of Disney. Like, Disney is always making good films, but every Pixar film looks kind of the same to me. And I was like, yeah. do we need to nominate Disney every single year? And I'm not trying to, like, oh, you know, tear down elements. I haven't seen it. I'm sure it's wonderful. But I'm like, it looks like every other Pixar film. Why did Ninja Turtles and Super Mario get ignored? Like they're both so yes. visually different, especially Turtles. I don't know if you've seen the Turtles film, but it's such an interesting looking flick. Um, Across the Spider Verse, I get. I have some issues with Across the Spider Verse. I really enjoyed it, but I don't think it's as good as the first one. Um, but I get it because at least it's doing something interesting. But like with animation, it's really driven by visuals. And I felt like they chose some of the most boring looking animated films to nominate. But I'm like, oh, so you did Elemental, which looks like every other Pixar film. Why don't you go? Um, yeah, I thought like just because I haven't seen Elemental, but I like we watched um, Inside Out. Like I'd already seen it. We watched Inside Out recently, um, and I thought that just based on what I could see visually, 
and what like little clips that I'd seen um online, Elemental and Inside Out look quite similar in terms of like the colors and everything mm. like that. And as you said, like you can tell it at what like it's a Pixar film just by looking at how clean it is. Yeah. Um like you know, all the hairs are like specifically like hairs in place and you can see pores in their skin and all that sort of stuff. And it's obviously fantastic, but as you said, we've seen it time and time again. Stuff like um the Ninja Turtles, which I haven't seen, but I did see trailers for, it was something that was unlike anything that had come out that year. Like across the Spider-Verse, because it had so many different art styles, I understand why that yeah, was great. And again, the work that goes into that, I I understand. And, and their work's quite different, but especially different to, like, the Western world. So I feel like it's important to have representation. But as you said, how many times has Pixar been represented? And yeah, I have no problem with Pixar getting a nod. Like, I feel like, you know, they've been the trendsetter for the last 30 years. And I talk about it in this week's episode, which is, hasn't come out yet at the time of this recording. But I was talking about it. I'm like, Pixar is a stamp of approval, like stamp of quality. Like, you're always going to get quality with Pixar. Like, Monsters, Inc. The, I mean, Toy Story changed the game. And then Monsters, Inc. changed the game because of the fur on Sully. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. if you look at Moana, which isn't a Pixar film, but I think Moana is probably the last truly visually interesting film they've made because they did something with water that I've never seen before. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, we watched Encanto a few weeks ago for the first time, and I loved it. Oh, but, visually, so yeah, but visually, it just like every other mm. Pixar film. Yeah. Like, it's not doing anything really it's, unique or different. It's a great movie, but, yeah, you're right. Um, whereas, yeah, like, across the Spider-Verse, there's, there's so many different art styles, of course. But Turtles, I think, was re- a real snub, like, you know. And, like, I kind of stopped tracking the Oscars, but I needed content for this week's episode. So I'm like, all right, I'll talk about the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, but Turtles is just so visually different from anything I've ever seen before. Um, I was, like, in the realm of animation where we're trying to you know, constantly push ourselves and do different imaginative things. Why did you not want to include the most visually interesting film that came out this year? It's just a weird choice for me. Um, if you haven't seen Turtles, you got to get on it. It's so good. Like it was my number two movie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I actually, I actually haven't seen it. Um, I only watched the, I only watched the initial trailer. I can, and I thought the art style looked really, really cool. Um, but, but, I guess I guess at the time when I watched the trailer, like I thought, okay, no, they're just they're just doing another another Turtles movie, um, which which I you know I grew up with with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but mm. but for whatever reason, they didn't really appeal to me. But but if you've given it your stamp of approval, then I'm definitely gonna jump straight on it. It was um, I went and saw it with my mate Josh, um, who's been on the show a number of times, and we were both like, has like we were like, it looks cool. We're not expecting too much, but Seth Rogen produced it, and he's had a really good run with producing other people's work like mm-hmm. the boys is fantastic and preacher is fantastic like every time he creates content based on someone else's comic book it just works so we're like we got we got to give it a little bit of hope and we were shocked how much we enjoyed it like it's like it's funny like they actually cast teenagers as the ninja turtles so they feel young and inexperienced they're not like automatically like badasses they're figuring things out and getting things wrong you got jackie chan as splinter which is a great choice awesome uh, and um, and again, like it's got a really great like family story. It's got a very like kind of just like focusing on them being brothers, which I felt like across the Spider Verse really missed last year. Like it's visually, I can't fault it. But what really worked about that first Spider Verse film is that team and like you know, Miles being uncertain about being Spider Man and needing family and friends to really guide him and help him on his journey. And in this one, like 
there's almost none of that. It's all very, it's very action packed and there's very little time for kind of emotional core, which I'm sure the next one will, will address beyond the spider. Yeah. I think, you know, cause we didn't even get our core characters in this one. Like you got miles and Gwen and that was, and Peter and that was it. But half the team was missing for the entire film until the very end spoilers. Um, so yeah, turtles was a, a real surprise. I really dug it. I think you, if you're a turtles fan uh, and you like animation, especially as an animation fan, I think you'll dig it. There's definitely a lot to enjoy in there. All right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I can. We're just saying, I'll jump straight on it. Absolutely, yeah, do, do it. In fact, we'll stop recording right now and get. On it <laughs> and then, uh, no, I didn't do that. Um, it's a strong pick, man. Kung Fu Panda. You guys are like you're bringing your A game. Um, Gabby, what's your number three pick? So, um, my number three is something that I still quote to this day, but. It was almost like there was like three things that I quoted in year seven. One is like so not politically correct. Um, and it was a like a YouTube series called like I don't even know if it's real. I like I don't know if it came out that it was fake, but um it was about this guy whose name was Danny and he had Tourette's and his sons would like film him doing stuff all the time and they they call him Tourette's guy and like in year seven my whole year level would just quote him all the time so like obviously that's not really politically correct because that's I guess you could say it's making fun of someone's illness so we definitely don't do that anymore and 12 year old children should not you know that is not who I am basically is what I'm trying to say but um I also used to quote like Jersey Shore all the time because that was of its time. But also <laughs> um, Napoleon Dynamite is something oh, what a great that I quoted flick. all the time. And for a movie that, you know, their budget was $400,000, I think, yeah. they made they made like $470 million in the box office. <laughs> so they more than made their money back. Um, like I just think everything about it is so funny and like it's it's that classic like trying to be cool in high school, but like nothing you do is working, and everyone thinks you're a loser, and like everyone can relate to him in some way, shape, mm. or form. Even if you are popular in high school, there's always that like socially awkward person that you know, or you've been that so- socially awkward person. But it's just so quotable, like especially like when they're talking about girls, like how to get girls to like them. And he's like. I don't even have any good skills, you know, like nunchuck skills, nunchuck skills, skills <laughs> computer hacking skills, skills like that. <laughs> well, like, then, know, like, you're pretty good at drawing. Why don't you draw a picture? And then the drawing is it's so bad. <laughs> it's like, I spent like three hours shading the upper It's probably the best drawing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> it's so quotable. I um, I actually watched that in my final year of high school. We studied that film. Um, it had just come out um, maybe a year prior. Um, obviously, marrying a woman named Tina. Can we get the food, Tina? Uh, is a big one there. Eat the um, food. <laughs> um, Uncle Rico is amazing. Oh my god, uh, he's so fucking funny. Especially I, like when he's like, "I reckon I could draw this over them mountains," and then he like throws a steak and it hits Napoleon off the bike. <laughs> <laughs> or um, Kip. Uh, things like oh, that. he's I guess he's, he's so he's funny. Serious right now. Yeah, he's uh, like. When he comes home from school, he's like, stay home and eat all the chips, Kip. And he's like, I'm actually being really busy chatting online to babes all day. Besides, 
we both know I'm training to become a cage fighter. And then, like, he's like, what are you even talking about? He's like, come down here. I bet you can't land a hit on me. And then he, like, he tries to. And then the doorbell rings. He slaps him. And he's like, I think you hit my mole off. <laughs> it's, um, oh, my God. It's so funny. Like, when they're doing all the stunts, <laughs> like, and he just, like, hits himself on the, the bike. On the bike, Yeah. <laughs> When Deb comes to sell her like jewelry or like Scoobies and stuff, and she's like, I'm just trying to pay for me to go to college. And then Kim's like, Your mom goes to college. <laughs> <laughs> and he thinks he's so funny. Uh, or even like, I know you're drinking um, 2% milk. You could drink whole if you wanted. Is it is it because you think you're fat? Because you're not. Or like um when they when they go like try and learn um like karate because like they like think girls will like them if it's they like Jeff know karate. Jeff Kondo or something. Yeah, and he, Rex, uh, Kondo, Rex, Rex Kondo. Rex Kondo. Yeah. And he's like, "You think anyone wants a roundhouse kick to the face while I'm wearing these boys? Forget about it." <laughs> That's um, oh my god, what's his name? He was in the Drew Carey show, um, and he is also the voice of Batman in the Batman, the two thousand. No, no, not the Batman. Which one? Is it? Batman Brave and the Bold. Oh my goodness, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, he's a really, really famous guy. Ah, but he's great. Rex Quando, he's so good. Um, Is it Diedrich Bader? Yeah, Diedrich Bader. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's awesome. Um, that flick is so funny, man. Like, Or like when they're doing the performance, like some say love is a razor. And like the bully <laughs> guy is just laughing the whole time. Um, and by the way, vote for Summer. That's Hilary Duff's sister, Haley Duff. Yes. And like all oh, like. <laughs> When Napoleon does the dance for Pedro, it's so cute. So good. It's a generic and, way. Yes, and so many people have recreated it. Like, it became mm. so popular. Um, and, like, when, like, um, like, just, like, Uncle Rico, so, like, that annoying, like, loser uncle that everyone has in their family, that one who, mm. like, you know, he he peaked in high school, like, won't stop telling everyone about, like, how he could have made it, but he didn't because he got injured or whatever. Mm. And, like, he's just trying his best to be successful, but, like, he's just a loser. And especially, like, teenagers are brutal. They're mean. And even when they suck, they can make an adult feel so small. And, like, mm. that's Napoleon's main mission because Napoleon's so, like, having such a hard time in his own personal life. He's, like fuck you, Uncle Rico, basically. So, like, every time Uncle Rico talks to him, he's just like, oh, gosh. <laughs> and, like, he's like, you know, I, I wish you would stop looking at me like that. And Napoleon's like, I wish you would get it out of my life and shut up. <laughs> oh, what man. What are you going to do this weekend? I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. Gosh. <laughs> uh, it's so good. And the guy who directed it went on to direct, um, we were talking about Jack Black before, he went on to direct Nacho Libre. Well, I also found out that, like, um, they initially, like, the production company initially wanted someone, like, a little bit more famous to do, like, to um, star as Napoleon. Like, they wanted, um, oh, who's that guy that was in Prince of Persia? Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, they wanted him to be in it, but... Um, you know, they wanted to keep the budget low. And I, I don't know whether it was one of the writers or one of the direct or the director, he sort of knew um John Heater and was like, No, I think this guy would be really good for it. And like 
I don't think that I could see Gyllenhaal playing. He's too cool. Yeah, and he's too attractive. <laughs> like even like, in Donnie Darko, like he's still like he like he's he's a weird loser, but he's mysterious, so he still comes off as cool. Like, exactly. Yeah he's, yeah, he's too cool to be Napoleon Dynamite. And um, yeah, like I think yeah, everything about it. Like, it's just so funny. And I really like the opening scene, like, the opening credits where they're, like... Oh, the food and, like, the yeah, condiments and stuff? Yeah, I think that's really cool. Mm. Um, This is, like, in the same era as, like, Juno, which mm. would be an honourable mention for me. I really love that movie as well. Um, It just came out at, like, the formative years, I guess, of, like, being a teenager and, like, seeing... You know, you think that like when you're in um when you're watching these movies as a teenager, like that's what high school is gonna be like, or you know, when you're getting a little bit older, like, oh, that's what university is gonna be like, because you're seeing it in American media, and that mm. might be what it's like for them. And it's not like that for us at all. No, so I'm not even it was close. A, <laughs> it was a bit of a culture shock when like high school was nothing like that. Cause I really wanted to um have uh, potato gems or tater tots, as they're called in the states. Can we uh, toss the bullet? No, no. And then he like kicks. He's like, <laughs> oh, idiot, gross, freaking idiot. Um, <laughs> and like I had a friend in year seven who like bought the script and it was signed. Um, I think by the director and John Heater as well because like he was so obsessed with it and he kind of even looked like him. So <laughs> yeah, just. Such a good movie. What a great pull. Um, I wonder if anyone else will talk about Napoleon Dynamite in this series, but, gee, it's uh, I, 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 that went on my shelf today as well because I got that on DVD. I'm like, oh, that might be my – I might have to skip Bones and all and go back to Napoleon Dynamite tonight because it's a fun <laughs> one. It's so good. Yeah. Um, awesome. Um, Andre, what's number two for you, man? Um, so, so I went and saw this with my mum when it came out and I was absolutely, I absolutely enthralled by it. And that was, um, 2009 Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. So good. Really good movie. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. I think you actually showed me this movie because I hadn't seen it before I met you and you said you really liked it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think so. And there was, there was your other boyfriend. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, um, drama. Um... Yeah, yeah. Um, it, um, when when Mum first suggested it, um, I you know I'd heard of I've heard of Sherlock Holmes, um, but I had I had no idea what I, what I was walking into. Um, but I, I've already forgotten the director. Who, who directed it? It was Guy Ritchie. I'm pretty sure. Guy Ritchie. If yeah, it was, Guy... then awesome. Now I think it was Guy Ritchie though. Um... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was Guy Ritchie, and I can now looking at it like it's kind of got a style written all over it. Like, but yeah, you know, I, 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 I just fell in love with um, um, with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and that. Like, and I already saw him during Iron Man. I was about to ask um, if you'd seen Iron Man previously, or yeah, 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 yeah. No, um, I, I, saw him, I saw him during Iron Man, and. And uh, and I absolutely fell 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 in love with him and that, and as well as Tropic Thunder, um, which, yeah. is one of, which is one of my fucking favorite movies of all time. I rewatched um, it last year towards the end. Of the year. It's so it's, good. But no, but I, it was going to go on my list, but I, but, but I've already talked about it on the show before. So so no, good um, one, good one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and yeah, Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock Holmes. It's 
it it was not what I was expecting. Um, I'll, you know, I've always I've always been into the, like those detective whodunit kind like whodunit kind of movies. Mm. But it was but it was so it was so damn creative um to put to put Robert Downey Jr. in a role where he has like you know quirky doesn't really sum up the character like he, mm. like, he like you know he's borderline a maniac um, yes but but you know he like he, he plays one of the most famous detectives in fiction um right up there with you know Batman um hey, don't tickle at me no I think <laughs> like that's a good uh, like a good comparison. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, and Jude Law as as um, as Doctor Watson. Mm. Um, yeah, the the chemistry between those two was so much fun. Mm. You know? um, I felt like like I like I, I fell in love with them. Um, even in even that one like in that one scene where um where <laughs> where um. Uh, Watson's like Watson wa- walking into home, like Holmes's room, and the whole thing is covered in plants. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's, and there's a goat walking around. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. The whole the whole character was so was so interesting to me. Um, and and the villain, um, oh, crap, I can oh, very oh, very forgot the name of it. I can, it wasn't Moriarty. That was the second one. Um, oh, I God. can't remember either. I remember the final yeah. battle being like on London Bridge or Tower Bridge while it's being yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, trying uh, like, but um, trying to work out how uh, how he did these things along uh, alongside the movie was so much fun. And, and you know, in Sherlock Holmes, you know, he can you know he finds the smallest minute details and and, and come and comes those outrageous conclusions that happen to be right. Like the concept is so cool. Um, I just think like the idea to bring the internal monologue is was a really good choice. And that yes. opening, that bare knuckle boxing fight, like it was like. Yep. If I move this way and breathe, I can shatter his ribs. Like he's basically talking like Batman. <laughs> like it's funny you make yeah. that because that's like what Batman's like in the comics. Um, mm. And uh, I believe that um, three is in development. They've been talking about Sherlock Holmes three for a long time, but Robert Downey Jr. is the like, keen to still do it. So I think it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I've been waiting forever for the for a third movie because the first one was fantastic. Mm. Second one, in my opinion, was also fantastic. Um, you share that opinion with the regular guest Nick Owen. I remember, like, when uh, a long time ago, he told me he goes, "This is one of my top five favorite films of all time," and I was like, "What are you talking about? What do you mean, Sherlock Holmes two? Sherlock Holmes two is one of your favorite movies of all time?" Because I remember Tina and I had tried to watch it once, and the movie defeated us. Like we got twenty minutes in, we we're like, "What is happening?" And then we really, at, yeah, we got to we just really struggled with it. And then we ended up giving another go years later, and we're like, "How did this beat us? This is such an enjoyable film. Like, what happened to us?" We, I don't know whether like we'd been drinking or whether we were just really tired. I don't. I can't remember the scenario, but like we could not get through Sherlock Holmes two the first time. But the second time, we're like, "This is amazing. Like, what's wrong with us?" So yeah, I agree mm. with you. Um, yeah, it's a good flick. Yeah, yeah, like and aside, yeah, like yeah, all uh, you know, all of that. Um, what when, what the actual character can do, um, and like and the storyline, like the film is great, the mystery is great, but like I said before, what really tied it together to like for me was was the chemistry with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law, um, just just 
tiny things like you know like uh, Watson like, as invited Sherlock and at dinner and to, to meet his new girlfriend like and Watson says wear a jacket like and, and then Holmes says no you wear a jacket you know just <laughs> you know just yeah, you know, again, just tiny little band, just little banter things like that. It makes them, it makes it, it makes it so much. Oh, like not so much. Like you know, you can really believe in that that these two are best friends, and they've been best friends for a long time. Mm. Yeah, um, they love each other, but but they also cannot stand each other, and mm. that's and that's you know that's sometimes what best friends are. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a it's a killer flick, man. It's it's a yeah. good choice. Uh, and it's funny, like you mentioned that you were kind of unsure about going to see it as well. I remember that flick came out and I'd seen Iron Man and like I was on the, and I'd seen Tropic Thunder and I'd seen a bunch of other Robert Downey Jr. films, The Singing Detective, like all sorts of stuff. And for some reason, like we kept talking about like, ah, like maybe we'll see. We kept putting it off. And then one week and we had nothing to do. So like, I guess we'll, we'll find this Sherlock Holmes. And we watched it and we're like, why did we keep putting this off? This is great. Yeah. Um, this is one of those films that like, for whatever reason, like it just didn't grab us. I guess the trailers didn't grab us, but it's a wonderful movie. Yeah. Um, Gabby, number two, what is it? So, my number two is, or actually, Andre, I think, mentioned it already as well, <laughs> um, was Step Brothers. Oh, what a great flick. <laughs> yeah, so. Boats and Hoes. Boats and Hoes, Boats and Hoes, gotta get me some Boats and Hoes. Um, this is another movie, I think. It came out in 2008, so I was in year seven for this one as well. And something that I quoted all the time, I think I watched this in, I don't think I saw it in cinemas because I don't think I would have been allowed in because um, I think it's like MA. But It is MA. You, unless your dad took you, like you wouldn't have been able to. Which he certainly would not have. Um yeah. And not because he's like, oh, I'm against you swearing, but it was more that, like, he it's not something that he would have gone to go see. Mm. Um, so I think I, w- I would have watched it um, at a friend's house or something. But we just watched it all the time. And I think I even paid for it on iTunes. Someone gave me, like, an iTunes gift card because um, I had an iPod Classic at the time. So it had a screen so I could watch it. Um, so, yeah, I, I bought that on iTunes and I watch it all the time and I would just be constantly quoting that. And so it's something that's like um, become like made its way into my like vernacular as well because, you know, if someone asks for something or like, oh, what, have you seen this or do you know where this is or blah, 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 instead of saying like in the movies like, oh, you know, it's really good for back pain or shoulder pain. It's like if you lick my butthole. Um, <laughs> um, I just say that all the time just like to like um, anyone who has like, oh, have you seen this? It's, oh, it's, up, it's probably up your butthole. I say it all the time. <laughs> and so like my dad's like, oh, where's the remote or where's my phone? I'm like, it's probably up your butthole. Have you checked there? And he, he hates it. Um, I'm not surprised to be honest. Probably not. Um, but like, especially that like end scene um, at it's the fucking Catalina wire mixer, yeah. <laughs> where um, Dale sing, uh, sorry, Brennan sing, um, Porto Velado. It's yeah. so good. Like boats everyone's and just <laughs> boats and holes, and then he's like got the drums, like, and you see the cymbals. I just think it's such a perfect way to end it, and then like. You know, after that scene, they go. It's like six months later or whatever, and um, 
the parents are back together and like they have like a, a tree house and stuff like it's just so funny. I think mm. Hawkins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um having uh Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, uh, their chemistry together is fantastic. Just the way that they bounce off each other. I don't know, like I've seen a few um bloopers for that movie, but like I don't know if I could I could be an actor alongside them because I'd just be laughing all the time. Just because yeah. the things that they ad lib, like I'd be pissing myself all the time. I see ad libs for um sorry, um blooper reels for even Anchorman as well. And yeah. just the stuff that he comes out with, like I would be in tears. Yeah. Um I could like and I always I used to have this conversation with my nan because I brought it to, I think I brought stepbrothers to their house and I watched it with my nan and pop. Um because like my pop had quite a like a childish sense of humor, and he really thought like he really loved. It. He thought it was hilarious, but my nan just thought it was stupid. She's like, I just <laughs> think he's such an idiot. Like nothing that he does is funny. He's just dumb. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's the point. Like it's funny. Um, but yeah, like I, I just love this movie so much. Um, even um, I can't remember her name, but the lady that plays um Derek's wife was she like oh, approaches, uh, Catherine, Catherine Hahn yeah was she approaches um Dale, Dale. like at the dinner <laughs> she's like I just want to fold you up into a little ball and show you my vagina, vagina. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's like your vagina <laughs> <laughs> yeah and every time I move I feel a little tickle and I just know it's your hair um, Adam Scott kind of had the uh, had the Bradley Cooper career where he debuted in a really popular comedy as the like kind of egotistical villain, and then mm-hmm. like kind of changed shift gears pretty quickly and became lovable like comedy lead. Um, he's yeah. so good in that flick, but I uh, I'm so glad he didn't get stuck with like the kind of bad guy role because I love him as like um, oh my god I can't remember his name but in Parks and Rec like, I love him Parks, Parks and Rec yeah yeah. I think also that that scene, um, the scene where they're singing all in the car. Yeah. And they're doing Sweet Child of Mine in the car is so freaking funny. It's like, yeah. I pay like $1,100 a week for voice lessons and this is what you give me? Flat, flat. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna bring this one home. <laughs> My oh, name is Derek. Yeah. <laughs> and I can sing high like this. And then he nearly crashes yeah. the car. <laughs> and, the, and then the whole family just goes straight back into it. Like, I'm <laughs> Oh man, that's a so solid flick. I rewatched like that the, last year. It's it's so good. Even the kid at the dinner, like, what's this guy's deal? Yeah. <laughs> when they interview together, they do a dual job interview. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just fart? Uh, n- nope, 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 no. I'm I'm you're de- I'm definitely ta- I'm tasting that. Is that is that onion? <laughs> you know the toxic was kind of seem pretty fucked. Yeah. <laughs> was it? Was so it the funny. was it the fart? Yeah, it was the fart. Yeah, yeah. It was the fart. <laughs> um, oh man, it's a great flick as well. Um, Even the, that scene with the night vision goggles as well. He like <laughs> flicks the light and he's like, "We've been wasting our time mucking around." I said, I, uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting so many comedies on your list, but I'm really glad that you did. I um, think like comedies really like shaped my. Like formative years in it was a great decade for comedy. Like I think it was one of the strongest. Yeah, so funny and like there's so many that I could have put on there. Like 
obviously all like the spoof type movies, like uh, not another teen movie, scary movie, all the scary movies. Um, like ep- like epic movie wasn't that great, but like there were funny parts in it. Um, I think epic movie was a first date movie. I went with a different mm-hmm. girl, and after <laughs> like afterwards, I was like, Oof. like I did not like it at all. Yeah, um, and. I was and, I, and this is when I knew the relationship. This is our first date, and this is when I knew the relationship was failed. So I turned to I was like, "Well, what do you think?" She goes, "I thought that was really funny," and I was like, "Oh, oh, okay." <laughs> uh, is that the one where they like? Is that the one where like um, Jennifer Coolidge plays the Ice Queen from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Was that epic movie? And they use the click remote to like win the battle. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like the thing is, like, say, so yeah, Lena. Like that's that's pretty funny to be honest. But like at the time, I was like, oh, this is trash. Um, I reckon if I went back and watched it now, I might find some things in it that I enjoy because I'm a lot more forgiving of movies than I used to be. But yeah, yeah. that pretty much that was like the first and only nail in the coffin of that relationship. <laughs> um, even like um, white chicks as well. Like I watched that a lot as a kid. Mm. Um, a lot of the, I watch a lot of like the Adam Sandler comedies as well, but, um, like I just, like there were, it's movies that I guess, like as a kid, you don't really have to think about a comedy. Like all the jokes are very like obvious, like mm. you, in, um, for, for the most part, anyway, there are some sort of more highbrow ones where, you know, if you're a little bit older and you have a bit more life experience that you're going to find those ones funny. But for the most part, these kinds of comedies, especially like those like teen sex ones or even ones like Step Brothers or Napoleon Dynamite, like they're very obvious jokes that anyone Mm. can sort of relate to and laugh at. And I think like they target such a wide audience that anyone can really enjoy them. Mm, Um, I agree. So like unless you're like super snobby and you only like, I don't know, like black and white, like, films or films that you can only watch with subtitles like okay yeah it's probably not your jam but for you know uh preteen and teenage me like this this was the shit that I like like yeah. all my friends really liked horror movies and I would be like we'd go get DVDs like they'd pick a horror and I'd pick the comedies that we'd watch in between the horrors so that I wouldn't you know have a heart attack and die oh man like when I was a teenager because every everyone goes through it like every friendship group goes through like, well, now we need to stay up late and watch horror movies together. Mm-hmm. And there's always one person who's not keen on that. And I was the person in my group as well. Like ironically, cause now I love horror films. Um, so every single time I'd be like, can we get Beverly Hills Ninja again? It's really funny. <laughs> uh, so like I was constantly renting Beverly Hills Ninja um, while everyone else was like trying to get into horror. And then by the time I got into horror, all of my friends had fallen out of it. So I was just watching horror films by myself, um, which is yeah. the, way I, the way I do it now anyway. So, um, one thing that I will say that's like, it's not related to Step Brothers at all, but it is related to Scary Movie is, uh, when I was in, I was still in primary school and my friend who had seen, I think they'd only done three by this stage when we, we had been talking about it, but he was going on and on about it. Oh, have you seen it? And I'm like, no, like, I don't think my dad would let me get it from the DVD shop. Like, I think he might tell me I'm not allowed. Cause I think I was like in grade four or five at this point. And he's like, oh, like, if you if he lets you, you should get it. It's really funny. Um, and he kept talking about, like, the character of Brenda and how hilarious she was. And um, She's not the least funny character in those movies for me. But anyway, go on. Um, so uh, I reckon she's probably the funniest. But she... Um, I haven't watched it in a while, so I need to go back. I Like, for me, it was always um, not... It was Ray. Like, Ray was always the oh, funniest. Yeah. <laughs> Ray, who's very clearly gay, is doing everything he can to try not to be gay. Yeah. 
Um, but in the um the third one, she's like a kinder teacher. Yeah. And um she's like talking to Cindy about I think it's like her nephew or something, like his drawings. Um, because they're like really <laughs> the swirly faces. Yeah. And oh my so, god, that's such a funny joke. Sorry. Yeah. Um but like when they're talking, like after they leave, some kid throws a bunch of like pencils at the door and she turns around and she's like, Now who the fuck did that? <laughs> yeah. And like, <laughs> and like since being like becoming a teacher, he sent me that clip. He's like, Is this you every day? And I'm like, Yes. <laughs> Except I can't say that. I just go like, guys, come on, let's not throw pens. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a it's a very toned down version of that, but like, yeah, I just I, like those movies when they first came out, like for you know, nine, ten, eleven, like very immature sort of sense of humor people. That was top tier. I would say I haven't watched. I watched Scary Movie three in a long time. I've never seen four or five. No, I have seen four once. I've never seen five. Um, I feel like Scary Movie two was maybe the last really good spoof movie. Mm. Um, like, I feel like after Scary Movie 1 and 2, like, they were never able to kind of recapture it again. Like, um, obviously, like, it begins in the 70s and 80s with, like, Naked Gun, Flying High and stuff like that. Um, those are really good ones. And then, yeah, like, by Scary Movie 2, it kind of stopped. Like, all those kind of like, epic movies and Date Movie and Meet the Spartans and stuff like that just didn't quite have the same same flair. Although, in 2014, I want to say, a movie came out called They Came Together, and it's got Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a spoof of all those romantic comedies and it's genius. It's so funny. Um, I, I, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. It sounds dirty like because of its name, but it's not dirty. I mean, look, it is an adult comedy and there's lots of dirty jokes in it, but it's just ripping on romance movies and it's so funny. Um, like you could Google any clip from it and because it, it's just it's just stupid. It's just so stupid. Like, yeah, it's... um. The premise is like Amy Poehler plays the owner of like a like a small lolly store in the middle of New York, and Paul Rudd works for a firm that's about to open up like a mega chain lolly store across the road from her. But they like fall in love. But it's like it's so funny. Um, that I would say is the best parody film we've had since like the scary movie films. I would say it's even probably better than scary movie films. Um, so definitely worth a watch. I love I love those kind like those kind of spruce films like. Um, Spaceballs, Spaceballs is still it's still so funny to me. Um, mm. Top Secret is great. Um, I it, uh, yeah, Scary Movie Two is like like it's still to this day so like so funny. My favorite is actually Scary Movie Three. Um, that that scene with the aliens and just walking past a camera um, is like. I, like, I, I just can't stop laughing at it. I always just uh, think of Leslie Nielsen as the president. It's like, ah, so we're not so different. And he pees out of his finger as well. Yeah, he pees out of his <laughs> finger. So good. Um, and uh, the eight mile, I always think of like, um, I put miracle whip on my wonder bread. Like that's always yeah. in my mind. Like that line has been in my mind forever. Yeah. Um, spin that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Because like, because like inevitably when I go to the grocery store that we have like Wonder Bread at the shop, I think I think it's called Wonder Bread. So whenever I see it, I'm always like, I may be white, but my neck is red. I put miracle <laughs> on Wonder Bread. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's terrible rapping, but like the yeah. crowd's just going ape shit. I've never been to France. My middle yeah. name's Lance. Like, it's <laughs> 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 I wear baggy pants. Um, oh man, so good. Mm. 
which brings us down to the pointy end. Andre, what's your number one flick of the 2000s? It's a All strong right. list. Um, so, so, it, so it is an animated film. Um, but my... Like no, not not the, the top of my list like in 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 the two thousand zero, but my favorite like animated film of all time. Wow. Um, wow. um. So so it won so it won an Academy Award for for best animated picture. It was the second highest grossing film in Japanese history since it came out, only be only to be knocked out of the top spot in twenty twenty. Um. It's Spirited Away. Uh, you know I've never seen Spirited Away. Um, <laughs> I know it's just one of those films that's eluded me for years. Because it wasn't on a lot of streaming. I think it's available on streaming now, but it wasn't. And to buy it on DVD, not even Blu-ray, it always was at 40 bucks because it was like a, an import movie. Um, and, I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, I think it, it is, is on Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've got to, got to get to it. I haven't seen any of the Ghibli stuff. I haven't seen Spirit Away. I haven't seen Howl's Moving Castle. I haven't seen Grave of the Fireflies. I haven't seen – like I know all of them, but I haven't seen any of them. Um, but tell me all about Spirit Away because it's meant to be brilliant. Just before he does, and I, like I'll say, I only saw it two weeks ago because I told Andre that I hadn't seen it, and he was like shocked and appalled. So we watched, mm. and I like, I um, I really like animated movies, but I haven't like I'm not as obsessed with animation as like Andre is. I really enjoyed it as a kid, and I sort of moved away from it, and now I'm refining new love for it. And I thought it was really, really well done, and like. When did it come out? 2001. Yeah, so for, you know, the movie's over 20 years old. It definitely mm. holds up. The animation's fantastic. And, like, I've seen most of Howl's Moving Castle and I enjoyed that actually as well. So, like, I was excited to watch it. So I do think you would enjoy it. Speaking but. of animation really quickly, and then you can talk about your movie, Andre, have either of you seen A Monster Calls? No. Okay. Um, um, that's definitely one to check out as well. It's an animated film. Um about a little boy with a vivid imagination and like his mother is sick and like he thinks that there's a giant monster like kind of like chasing him around or whatever but uh, that's all I'm going to tell you okay. it is like it will destroy you it's so sad like but beautiful as well but it's incredible like I've seen I've I think I've seen the trailer before yeah it's so, wonderful yeah. monster calls yeah Liam Neeson is the voice of the monster interesting okay yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. Spirited Away. Um, you know, uh, Studio Ghibli, some Studio Ghibli, and, and however, however you want to pronounce it. Um, um, it, it was written, storyboarded, and directed by but uh, by by Miyazaki himself. Um, that there actually were no scripts for for the movie. It was just storyboards. Um, oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but um, but we. When we start out with our main with our main protagonist, um, like a ten year old girl called Chihiro, um, and her and her and her mum, her and her mum and dad, like, are moving to a moving to a new town in Japan, um, and they decide to take a air quote shortcut, um, to get to get to their new house, and and and, the, and they come across this old this old theme park. Um, there's a lot of subtext in the movie for 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 spirits and for spirits and put like and. And um and persistence and things like that, um, but but yeah, they they wander they wander across this old abandoned theme park, um, and uh, as the sun start starts to go down, um, um, this empty theme park, um, 
starts to starts to essentially come alive. Um, then there's a random food stall, and again, the mum and the dad start eating the food, like, and they can't stop eating. And and Chihiro decides to wander off by by herself. And as the sun sets. Um, these these spirits start to start to come out of nowhere, um, and and they're just wandering around. They're just wandering around doing their business. But obviously, Chihiro gets scared, and she starts to run back to her parents, and and they've been turned into pigs. Um, okay. Some okay. yeah yeah. Some some people say like it's um like, you know it's a it's a window for gluttony and and etc but but the movie the movie is very vague with like with how, with how it portrays certain things it definitely leaves it open to the imagination um but but you could just like but they explain it like in, in the movie that they've eaten spirit food so they, they've been turned to pigs so, so that's whatever um and then like, and then she she gets picked up by um, by a spirit um who like he's a dragon spirit but he's um he's taking the appearance like he's pe- taking the appearance of a boy and and he and he's taking her to like to the main thing in town which is like a spirit bathhouse to work um so so she can get a job and essentially work off her like like her parents sentence um and 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 look, I'll le- like I'll leave it. At, I'll leave it. I'll leave the storyline there. But mm-hmm. but the but the movie itself is like like all I can describe it as magic. You know, mm. it's like like it's so damn magical. Um, the, the 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 like Abby said, like Abby said, um, like Abby said, like the like the animation. Um, it's all you know, it's all old school. Like it's all it's all hand drawn, but it's so damn solid. Um. All uh, and all the characters are so are so well done. There's a witch, um, and and like her character, like, is fantastic. Um, like main protagonist hero can be annoying. Um, it could be the dub voice, but do you know who voices her? I was just looking it up. Um, no, no, I don't. I, wouldn't, I, I don't. I don't know her name, but but I think she's the same chicken that uh, from from the ring. Yes, that's who it is. It's yeah. Davi Chase, who is is Samara in the ring, the the American version. I was just looking yeah. that up. I was like, "Wow, that's a those are two very different performances." Yes, yes, yes. Um, and did, didn't she didn't she voice Lilo from Lilo and Stitch as well? Oh, she may have. I um, I don't know. I, I don't have it open in front of me anymore. I, don't, <laughs> I close it down. But um, yeah, I was just looking at the art style and like Ghibli. Like again, I've got to get on board with Ghibli. I haven't seen any of their flicks, and everything is gorgeous. Like I um, and that's the Japanese animation is so unique and beautiful. Like, I really do need to yeah. like. I always talk about how everyone needs to watch everything, and I've just been putting these off for so long, so I'm <laughs> guilty of it myself. Um, yeah, also, it's... I was wrong. A Monster Calls is not animated; just the monster is. Everything else is live action. I was wrong there, so apologies. Uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, like look, the like, the movie itself it's so well done. Um, it, it has it has a fair few action scenes in it, but like, but the movie really really take it takes itself seriously, like and it give, and it gives itself room to breathe to to introduce these new characters, set lore in the world, um, and like and it's it's definitely a movie about about growing up. Um, um, Miyazaki want, like, wanted to make a movie um, with a like with a very young female protagonist um, because he thought the market was saturated with like with action movies and um, more more pandering towards younger gentlemen. 
Mm. Um, so, so it's a wonderful, wonderful film, and uh, yeah, I can, and like I said, like it won an Oscar back in two thousand three. Um, but uh, but even though it won, um, uh, Miyazaki didn't, I uh, wasn't uh, purposely didn't go to to receive the award um, because um, because he had a big political stance about um, uh, Amer- uh, America's um, int- uh, interaction in the war in Iraq. Um, so yeah, yeah, BMN. If you're like, if you're gonna watch Studio Ghibli, you need to start with Spirited Away. Mm. Um, it's like it, like it'll, like it'll, it'll keep you on your seat. It's just, it's just a magical, magical movie. Yeah, I've always wanted to. Like Totoro is another one I keep meaning to check out. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, um, you know, it's just me being complacent. To be honest, just gotta get onto it. Um, and Miyazaki, Miyazaki just got nominated again for the Boy and the Heron. So yeah, and he's getting he must be getting up there in Asia now. He's been doing it for like 30, 40 years. So yeah, man, um, yeah, he's old. To be able to put out that kind of consistency, like for such a long period of time, is pretty uh, pretty unheard of. So um, that's a great first choice. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I understand the clout around it. So I'm definitely keen to go give it a watch. Gabby, you're going to round us out for the for the episode. What's your number one movie of the 2000s? So it wouldn't be me if I didn't put oh, I this think I movie. Know where this, I think I know where it's going. At number one. Now I will say I'll tell should you I what. On, it's should not. I put on some? Should I put on some Muse? So, no. Okay. So I, <laughs> as Andre said, I don't want to put movies that like I've talked about a million times. Before, because otherwise I, I could have talked about Gladiator, I could have talked about Twilight, I could have talked about Mean Girls, I could have talked about, you know, all these movies that were, you know, amazing for me in my childhood, but, or, and even just like in my teenage years and even into my adulthood, most of my favorite movies are from this era. So, mm. and like, I think even talking about my top five, I think all of my top five, like, movies of all time are from, like either very late 90s and like um, up until 2010. So like I didn't want to repeat myself and go on and on about movies that I've already talked about. Or that I appreciate I feel, that. I like that, yeah. That, or that I feel have been done to death. So, you know, I, you know, I could have gone into Lord of the Rings as well. I could have talked about Harry Potter. I could have talked about lots of things. But I decided to talk about a movie that I hadn't talked about um, before and I'm not sure if it's been talked about on the podcast. Um, well, I will say this. Every single, almost every single movie you guys have talked about tonight is a first time. The only one we talked about previously was Step Brothers, but everything else is a first time mention. So you've had a good run. Okay, cool. Um, so this movie, I think, is like, it was like the Barbie of the 2000s. Oh, in I think terms, I know where you're going. In terms of feminism, I think this is the Barbie of the early 2000s. And you can draw comparisons from the leading female character. I know where you're going with this. Yep. She's in blonde, <laughs> but she's for, like, she stands up for herself and she realizes that men are not the be or end or, in fact, women and sisterhood is what is important. And this movie is legally blonde. And for a second, I thought you were going to say brats. I was like, that's a really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Weird left say, turn. I was going to say Full Metal Jacket, but no. <laughs> but then when you started, then I was like as you started, I'm like, oh, before you even start talking about the pink and everything, I'm like, no, she's talking about Legally Blonde. 
Um, I have I've seen Legally Blonde once, so um, I, I can't speak expertly on it, but it is a really great film. I look. I think um, like I watched it a lot when it first came out, like on DVD, and then like any excuse to sort of watch it. So like girl sleepovers would watch it. I convinced my uh, legal studies teacher to let us watch it, um, you know, towards the end of school because we'd already learned all the content. Like I don't know many people who don't like this movie um, and it is so quotable. It really sort of launched um, oh, Jennifer Coolidge into stardom for me at least. I know like she was Stifler's mum as well, but I think this is all around the same sort of time that really sort of put her on the map and, like, mm. her iconic voice is just so funny. And, like, when people are imitating her, they really go back to this, like, this role of hers. Yeah, what's the quote again? I'm sure you know this one off by heart. She's like, oh, you look like the 4th of July. It makes me want a hot dog real bad. Wait, and what's the dumbass one? Oh, that... I'm taking the dog, dumbass. That's Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of, yeah. Um I would agree. Like she was, everyone knew her Stifler's mum. She was in Night at the Roxbury, but I would agree that this is probably the one that really kind of, like not everyone went to American Pie. Do you know what I mean? Like my yeah. my mum probably wasn't going to be like, oh, yeah, Stifler's mum, I know her. But she would probably have seen Legally Blonde and be like, oh, yeah, that one. Um, Yeah, and like there's just so many like quotes in it that like are just so funny because especially when she first – like, you first get introduced to her, you look at her and she's like, oh, she's just like a dumb blonde idiot that's in a sorority. And she's not. Like, she's got more depth than that, but because she's never had to really present more than that, she just doesn't. And in an effort to keep a boy who clearly doesn't value her, she applies for Harvard Law and gets in because she really works her ass off. And then he's still, like, she gets it. Turns out she he's engaged to another woman who at the start is, like, quite judgy and nasty towards her. And so she's still working her butt off to try and impress him. And somewhere along the way she realises, like, this guy is not at all worth it. He's actually an idiot. He's a loser. I'm better off without him. Um, which I think is really good because, I mean, Every girl I know, and I'm sure boys do it as well, but, you know, you work really hard to impress someone and a lot of the time it's not really worth it because they didn't see you for, like, who you were in the first place. So why did you put all that effort in for them? Like, the lesson is, I guess, to put that effort in for yourself because who knows what you could achieve. But, like, just stuff like endorphin exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. They just don't. Mm. Like that's really funny, and also like the whole thing of like um, she's representing this woman who was like a former like sister at her sorority, and her claim to fame is like doing workout videos, but she's had work done, and so um, she doesn't want anyone to know. So she's like, "Oh, I didn't kill my husband. I just didn't." And she's like well, how can we believe you? Like, how do we know? And she confesses to Elle that she, I think she was getting lipo when um, her husband was killed. And she obviously doesn't want to tell anyone because, like, then she'd lose all her money and her credibility because, yeah, she sells, like, workout videos for a living. So mm. um, she has to find another way to prove that she's not the murderer. Um, 
So, yeah. It's a really fun flick. Have you ever seen the stage show? I haven't, but um, I have heard it's really good. I, I haven't seen the actual, I haven't seen the, the proper one, but um, my wife directed it or she co-directed it when she was um, teaching at Hillsville. Like they did this, a school production of it and it was really funny. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good one. So, um, and actually I meant to say this before, Andre, they've also done a stage version of Spirited Away. I was looking at, I was looking at it before this is a stage version. So I don't know if you get to see it, but it looks like they recorded it. So that might be Oh, that's cool. I'd yeah. I don't, I don't know how they do that, but you know, mm. yeah. Um, and you know, that it, it coined the bend and snap and yeah, the bend and snap. Yep. Like, and, and even that scene where like Paula, who is Jennifer Coolidge in the movie, when she goes to do it, she like breaks the mailman's nose. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God. Like everybody knows about it. She doesn't know. It's just, I don't know. It's such a, it's a feel good movie. Like I don't feel like there's little awkward parts in it where mm. like, where she gets um, invited to the party and then and she's like, oh, it's a costume party. And so she comes in like the the Playboy bunny outfit and everyone's like, oh, my God, what the hell, when she gets there. Mm. But she sort of gets her back. She's like, oh, when I dress up as like a frigid bitch, I try not to look so constipated. <laughs> so, you know, I think um, yeah, I, just, I, I really love this movie and I think it was really well done. The second one... A sequel to it wasn't as good, um, but I think, and I don't, I don't know if they did a third one, but I think no, I think this one. I second think one was one, was the second one red, white, and blonde. Yes, because she goes like she's trying to change a law for animal testing. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but I think also because it came out um, in. Let me just double check. I think it was like the early 2000s, 2001. So around that era, Reese Witherspoon was like in a lot of like romantic comedies as well. I so think this, this, is, like, this is pre-Sweet Home at Alabama, I think. Yes, yeah. And so this sort of like really shot her into the stratosphere. And now, I mean, she's at like, she's producing a lot of stuff at the mm. moment. So because I think, I don't know if she's starred in, I think I'm pretty sure she is that Big Little Lies show. Yeah, that's quite successful. Um, She also, um, I don't know if she was a producer or like, I know she was involved in that um, that Where the Crawdads Sing movie. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. She wasn't in it, but I think she was involved in it. So she's involved in quite a fair bit at the moment. So, I mean, as much people write off this movie as being a bit silly, like look at where it's got like the, the main stars in it are like very successful. And also is Selma, Selma Blair. She's in yeah, it as well. Yeah. So, you know. I think Luke Selma Wilson. Blair had previously, I think previously Selma Blair's big break had been in Cruel Intentions. Yes. Which yes. is a, is a messed up movie. Yes, it is. Like that movie was like targeted for teens. Like it was a teen thriller, and it is so. It's very adult. Well, I um, uh, there are two films that came out around the same time. The first one's Cruel Intentions. The other one is um, Wild Things. And I rewatched Wild Things last year, and I couldn't believe that like, I hadn't seen it in so long. Like when when I started as a teenager, I'm like, this is great. Like it's girls kissing and stuff. I rewatched it like as an adult last year. I was oh, like, holy Christ, how do they get away with this? Like it's insane. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've seen Wild Things, but um, it's very much in the same vein as Cruel Intentions. Wasn't, so. wasn't, uh, Reese Witherspoon was in that as well, wasn't she? She was in Cruel Intentions, yeah. 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 And Sarah Michelle Geller, who was in Scooby Doo. So it all comes yeah. full circle. Full circle, six degrees of separation. We did it, guys. We made we made it all connect. Well, that's it. That's our list. Ooh. Two really strong starts, you know, for the two thousands. You're the first one off the rank, and um, I think they're going to be hard to follow up. Um, and it's so Thank funny, like, I I still haven't put my list together. I've just been kind of piecing it. Um, and just like you guys, this is where my love of film and where my consumption of film really began, because I worked in a video store throughout the two thousands. So I was consuming so much content i don't know how i'm gonna get five like this is the toughest one yet for sure well yeah as i said i sent you a message yesterday i think i had like 35 written down Mm. so many honorable mentions like we've talking about a few of them already so i won't go into them but ones that we haven't really mentioned are like the boy in striped pajamas um Mm. finding nemo uh school of rock we've talked about on the show before Finding um, Nemo, Dem- we we just watched with Zoe um, recently. She's, I think she'd seen it once or twice before. But we all watched it together as a family the other day. And it, like Tina was like, we can't watch the first five minutes. And I'd forgotten no. what, happened, what happens in the first five minutes. But like that flick, like from start to finish, was had me on the brink. I was like, oh, my God. So it's so beautiful. Yeah. And like for – I think it came out when Kiana was a baby. It's 2003. Was yes. And Kiana's – yeah, Kiana's born in 2003. So it was – done so well that like Kiana that was one of the ones that we she watched like obsessively um The Devil Wears Prada Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of the Black Pearl so good I watched that last year it's so good excellent that was on my list up until about an hour and a half before we started recording he was Um, nominated for best actor for that mm. movie like and so it's funny. Like I've talked about, I like, talked about a lot recently. I was talking about on on Nick's most recent episode, but then also on my Academy Award episode. Like Robert Downey Jr. got nothing for like fourteen years playing, or to, for eleven years playing Tony Stark, but nothing. And I'm not, and I'm a bit like, so therefore Jack Sparrow should have been. But it's like no, like character acting can go beyond like those dramas. Like yeah. I, would, I would put Jack Sparrow and Tony Stark in the same camp. I think they're both very like eccentric characters. That you know, yeah. Um, but I, I tend is, to agree with you. Pirates um, is brilliant. It's so good. I also had like um, obviously Kill Bill. Um, yeah, we talked about that a little bit. Exactly, and then like I wrote like down Avatar, Juno, um, Hotel Rwanda, and Gran Torino. Your um, it's such an eclectic list. <laughs> like you like you you jump around a lot, but like it's true. Like it was such a great decade for film. Maybe and, <clears throat> maybe one of the best decades for film. Well, that's what I mean. Like, it was so hard. I'm like, oh, I don't want to put all serious ones. I don't want to put all funny ones. I don't want to put all animated ones. But I had to, as Andre said, I had to go back to the ones that I watched the most and the ones that I talked about were probably the ones that I watched the most because all the other ones, like, I've, I've watched more than once, uh, probably minus, like, like, doubt I've watched once and I Probably don't need to go back to it, but I did really enjoy it. That's a really good one as well, Dow. I forgot about Dow. Mm. Oh, actually, I did. I watched it more than once because we watched it. We watched it in literature. I think we watched it twice, and I the first time I was like probably not paying attention as much as I needed to. Mm. Um, so the second time when I watched it, I was like, oh wow, like this is really well done. Um, 
Well, like the two thousands, like aside from like all the great like serious films, like the two thousands is really the decade that really pushed franchises. Like before, like Andre mentioned Lord of the Rings. Mm. He mentioned. He mentioned. Um, uh, oh my god! What did you mention, Andre? The other one. Um, uh, Parts of the Caribbean, Star right. Wars. Parts of Star Wars. That was the other one. And then you have like the rise of Marvel, and you've got the Nolan trilogy, or at least the best parts of the Nolan trilogy. Um, you've Harry got Potter. Harry Potter, like, yeah. there's so much going on, like, in IP. I think, and well. that's that's where uh, you know Twilight started as well. Yeah, you got the first couple of Twilight um, movies. I'm not <laughs> sure. I don't know about the. I don't know. I think the Hunger Games may have just came in at 2010, so or 2011. So yeah, it was that was um after that was in the 2010s for sure. So yeah. like, you know, you can you've got something for the next next day. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, you're right. It's very um like series um or like saga heavy so it's hard so to i'm having a really there. hard time to be honest i'm like I'm, I'm really struggling at the moment for that decade like I'm, i don't know how yeah I'm yeah um, because then you know also like you were talking about tonight you know tenacious day and the peak of destiny and all those comedies like borat came out in the 2000s yes yes Borat. which yes. is like I'm sorry, like maybe the most quotable character of all time. Like, I don't know a single person from our generation who isn't like my wife. Like, <laughs> I always say about the cats when they're like um, sitting on top of like something high, like King of the Cats, the King of the Cats. I have a chair. I have a chair. I have a chair. That's my one of my favorites. So, what kind of dog is this? Is it a cat in a hat? <laughs> Not. Uh, oh, it's so funny. I think Tina sent me something yesterday. I'll, I'll have to forward you on Instagram. I always send Gabby a ton of reels, but it's like a guy. Like once he gets married, he just keeps referring to his wife as my wife, and just does the Borat impression. Um, oh man, it's a great decade. It was Chopper two thousands? I think Chopper was two thousands. I think it was. Yeah, because it came came up when I was um, looking at stuff. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, I've got that as well. You can borrow that. Um, and um, like Andre being a horror fan, like the 2000s was like the decade of horror remakes. Like everything got remade in the 2000s. Like you get Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Friday the 13th and uh, House of Wax. And like every, like every year there was like multiple horror remakes as well. Freddy vs. Jason. Like it's just a mm. huge decade for horror. So um, yeah, it was a tough challenge, but I think you guys have done some really great lists and stuff that I don't think we'll see replicated. I think it's going to be pretty unique. Well, yeah, I hope not. I mean, I mean, um, Gabby and I, we, like, we didn't look at each other's lists prior. Um, so yes, I'm happy that I'm happy that we didn't have any duplicates. Um, but you, yeah, like, like you said, this yeah, this decade is just uh, well, that decade was just a powerhouse for movies. Mm, um, it's strong. It's it's so <laughs> strong. Like, like I've got like I've got some of my well, I have a lot like on my on my honorable mentions, but even I have to shorten that down. You know, I've got the Incredibles, um, uh, Ocean's Eleven. I love the Incredibles. Yeah. Ocean's Eleven is great as well. Yeah, like uh, um, Iron Man, Van Helsing, Constantine, like that. Constantine's one, that one great. Made, yeah, on my list, um, uh, Atlantis, Lost Empire, and Prisoner Groove, and, and you have other yeah, ones like Groove, great uh, movie. You have other ones like um uh, uh, Green Street Hooligans. Um, that like that's one of my favorite movies like of all time. You have I've actually never at... seen Green Street, but um, that's I, I good. Hear... That's the um, is that Elijah Wood and Charlie Hunnam? Yeah, is that... yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get flicks movie. like Watchmen and Three Hundred. Like it's it's an insane decade. Yeah, it's all it's all over the place. And you have movies like Team America. I mean, I love Team America so much. Yeah, it's um, really good. 
It's like it was so, so far. Like I'm, I'm ahead of its time. Um, like if if it wants closer than to Van Helsing, like um, the League of uh, the League of Extra- Extraordinary Gentlemen. If you've seen that, I have. I saw. I've only seen it. I've only seen it once. I saw it in theaters, and I really dug it. But I dragged my friends to say it. No one else enjoyed it. And then I look when I grew up. Apparently, it was like it's widely considered one of the worst films ever made. I'm like, really? I really enjoyed it. I, yeah, I yeah, like, me, yeah, me. Yeah, but too. the reviews really scared me off going back to it. But I keep meaning to go back to it. So. <laughs> I think I think you should. Um, last mm. one that almost made it, made it on my list instead of Kung Fu Panda was Happy Feet. I've never seen Happy Feet, um, so I hated check it, out. it. You hated it? No. I just hated it because it was really sad, and it was marketed as happy, so I hated it. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that is uh, that is quite fair. And then, like you know, you can go to like foreign cinema. Like Amelie came out in two thousand and one. You've got mm. Old Boy from South Korea, which is an incredible movie. Um, yeah, I, as I'm saying all these movies, I'm realizing the stupid task I've set for all of us. Um, it's going to be tough. You guys <laughs> were very brave to go first, and you came with some excellent lists. Um, but we have been going for, I think, over two hours now, so it's probably t- I think it's probably about two and a half. Oh, it's been longer than two and a half. So let's yep. <laughs> wrap things up. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, excellent. Well, thank you, Andre and uh, Gabby, for coming back. I'm sure the, the listeners have been happy to hear you again. Um, how do I end this show? Oh, yeah. If, if you want to follow me on Instagram, head to I Was a Teenage Film Snob on Instagram. Underscores in every single word. I've been posting a lot of visual updates on my garage uh, conversion. So if you're interested in seeing what I did, you can check that out. Um, there's some videos. I put up Blu-ray pictures and stuff like that. And if you want to have a chat, send me a message. Slide into those DMs. I'll slide right back. Uh, we can have a chat. Um, if you want to support the show financially, you can head to tpublic.com, search for I Was a Teenage Film Snob, or check out the links in my Instagram page. You can buy yourself a T-shirt. Uh, 20% off for first-time purchases at Public. I don't get any of the money. It all goes to just them, I guess. Uh, but the T-shirt's nice. It's comfy. Gabby and Andre have some. Uh, they'll, yes, they'll we do. Yeah, we do. They're, uh, they're a pretty good T-shirt. Um, that is going to do it. It's been a monster show, but we're back. We're on track. We're talking movies from decades is what we do best. Next week, there'll be someone else incredible, I'm sure. But until then, thank you again to Gabby and Andre. And as I say every week, guys, I was a teenage film snob, but I'm trying to be better. We'll see you next week. <laughs>